Blog Talk Radio. I will tell you this, folks. 
I'm going to tell you the honest truth, right, right, right straight before you and God. What I tell you is going to be true tonight. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or candy coat it. I'm going to tell you like it is. And uh, and we need to understand that we've got to come together as a nation. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nathan. I, I get no excited. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's what this call is for, guys. Just like when I when we talked to, uh, together yesterday, I said we're going to be doing this back and forth all evening, and then we're going to answer questions. There's issues we need to get cleared up in people's minds. Uh, there were issues that needed to be cleared up in my mind as of yesterday. I was guilty of the same thing. So that some of you are going to be surprised for tonight. I got to talk with him yesterday for quite some time, and he really told me what he's really looking for and what he really needs. He has been accused a lot of the time by a lot of, by some people, not a lot, by some people, that he's trying to be a control freak. He's trying to be de facto from the top down, and that is absolutely not true. Now, okay, there is, right, but now he is trying to go in a direction that I was somewhat unaware of because I didn't have the understanding that I needed, even though I was the one that wrote a lot of the paperwork, the uh, County Settlement Constitution, the Declaration of Sovereign Rights, and assisted the uh, team to put the paperwork together, I still didn't fully understand exactly what Tim really wanted. And yesterday, he was able to uh, get that across to me. Tim is the interim president of the federal, and excuse me, people, but I am going to use the word federal tonight in lowercase letters, not capital F, not uh, O capital F-E-D-E-R-A-O, but I'm going to use it in all lowercase letters tonight. Federal. Our founding fathers used the word federal in the sense of the United States assembled. You know, the states in the Union, when they were doing business, it was the federal. That's the way I'm going to use it tonight, just for clarification. Tim is the president of the United States, interim president. And as you understand in the email that I sent out, all the problems we're facing today are of a federal nature. Okay? That means that the county grand juries, the state grand juries, really do not have jurisdictional standing in dealing with these issues. Now, 200 years ago, yes, they did. Today, we all have Social Security numbers, most of us. And if you have a Social Security number, you are absolutely identified as a federal personnel. The judges, the courts, the attorneys, they all got F-E-I-N numbers. Now, the attorneys may not, but the judges do. That means they are a federal personnel. Everywhere we, go, everywhere we go, we have to do with the federal people. The cases are basically all federal, meaning that unless we have a federal grand jury, we just really don't have standing. Is that correct, Tim? That, that's true. Uh, one thing, though, that you need to, uh, to let the people know, there were federal courts even before the Civil War. Uh, back during after the founding fathers established the court system, they were called district U.S. They were called United States district courts. Okay, those courts are the courts we are talking about. That they they existed long before the Civil War, and and there was a federal system where people were sent to federal prison for certain crimes even back then, and that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the system that they have today, but it's still a district court system. And we need to, to 
I think people didn't know, don't understand what we were what we were trying to do here, and I think there's a lot of confusion. That's the reason for the call tonight. Uh, uh, go ahead. I, I'm, I don't want to interrupt. Okay. Uh, yeah. The the Article Three in the email that I send out, I mentioned the Article Three courts. Section one it reads in the Constitution, the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one supreme court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. That means that the judicial power structure of the U.S. Constitution slash federal is vested in one supreme court and inferior courts. Now, these inferior courts are established from time to time in places within the states, so we have easy access to them as a district, a federal district court. Exactly, the federal district court. So let, let me interrupt you right there. That's a point I need to make. Okay. I'm sure that everybody fully understands. Uh, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, but it's a very important oh, point. Go ahead. The, the federal district courts are in each state, but they're only in there as a result of an agreement between the federal and the state, because the federal court can't even enter a state without the state's permission. We can't go there unless we're invited in, because when that republic comes in to the federal system as a part of the unified federal system, they give us permission to put district courts, which just handle federal cases in their states. And this is the reason that we, this is what we're going to be discussing tonight, to try to clear that up. I'm sorry, go ahead. Thank No, okay. And uh, so what we're looking at doing to provide remedy for the people, since all the cases or most of the cases out there are of a federal nature, the county grand juries and the state grand juries really do not have lawful standing in dealing with these issues. Therefore, we don't have a remedy. When the uh, states reincorporated back in the 60s because of that act that was passed in 62. They had a deadline up until 69 to have everything reincorporated as a subcorporation of the federal corporation. And in 74 through 76, Congress passed the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act, like I had mentioned in the email, as a remedy for the people of America that are dissatisfied with public policy. In other words, they gave us a way out because they had taken all the the court system, uh, the judges, and everywhere you go, they are of a foreign nature. They are foreign to the people. So the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act is accessed through the federal district courts if you know how to use them. That is where in our remedy lies. So what we're looking to do is establishing the federal grand juries in each of the states and, well, Number, let me back up. The federal justice in each of the state to call into action a federal grand jury. Is that clear, Tim? Well, well, is that what well the, Supreme Co- the Supreme Court justices would do that. They would appoint the justice for each state, the chief justice for each state for the district court system. Um, but, see, this is the issue that we're getting confused, I believe, out there. That has absolutely nothing to do with the operation of a state. The only time these courts act is when somebody in the state is accused of a federal crime and it's brought to the district court level. 
We cannot interfere in state courts. We cannot interfere in county courts. We cannot interfere in municipal courts. We can't get involved in those. We have no authority or jurisdiction whatsoever. Our authority and jurisdiction only lies at the district court level, period. There is no, when you come out of the district court, you appeal it to the Supreme Court level. When you come out, you go through an appellate and then a Supreme Court level. So you, you don't, we can't do these two completely different separate things. The state, county, and municipal courts are operated within the state. The district court system is a whole other layer of courts that operate under the federal system, and they're only allowed in the state by the permission of the state. We can't even do anything. We can't even put a circuit, I mean, a district court in that state without the permission of the people of the, of the legislators of that state. We can't do that because the state is a sovereign and free independent republic. We have absolutely zero control over a state, and we don't want control over the states. And this is the issue that I think that people don't understand. When I say we're going to put a court in the state, they think that I'm trying to take over the state, and that's not what we're talking about at all. This is to help the people and give them remedy in each state when they've been accused of a federal crime, because no other jurisdiction or venue can do that except the district court level. And so the, the, and I, they don't seem to understand that, and I'm hoping that I'm explaining it well enough. So the grand juries that we have called are working with us as the, fed, the federal level, district court level in each state. And that's what we're trying to set up because those are the most serious issues that we deal with. Now, if you'll remember a few weeks ago, I asked everybody – uh, to to elect a governor and a chief justice for the state. If y'all can recall, we did that a few weeks ago. The purpose of that was, and I told him at the time, the purpose of that was is to establish the state courts and start working in the state system and putting that together. We can't do that. We have zero say in what you do in a state. You have to do that. We the people have to create their state governments. So what you need, what, what I suggest that everybody does is get their state constitution, and you can abide by exactly what it says, or you can alter it or change it if you want to. We, the people, are the authority. They are the law, and they can do as they please. This is what I'm trying to tell you. And, and this is what I get beat up over more than anything else. People don't understand self-governance. Self-governance means that we are the government that we make the decisions. We don't have to do what the Founding Fathers did 200 years ago or 230 years ago. We can do, we can alter it or change it by a vote of Congress if we choose to do it because we are the people. And I, I, and I know that it's, been, it's been very frustrating, and I apologize if I appear to be that way, but I'm trying to get this point across and, and I hope that I'm doing it well, because it, so far I have failed miserably to get that point across to the people. And and I'm sorry, Nathan, I get carried away. Because no, that, that's fine. It's such an important point for them to understand. Okay, I have a question. Uh, what would you suggest uh, the action we should take in light of what we had just explained and in, in the viewpoint of... Uh, I believe a lot of the grand juries out there probably didn't uh, undertake to be a grand jury at the federal level. They probably thought they were state grand jury or were even starting well, to they are grand, state grand jury. They are state, state grand juries because they are working in that particular state, but they work at the district court level. 
And that's where the confusion has been. They didn't understand that. And as you know, I was not involved in putting the juries together. I didn't really have a whole lot of involvement or in this because I was busy doing other things. Okay? okay. And I thought that people understood that. I guess that's partially my fault because I assumed that the people understood what we were trying to do. And, and it's obvious now that they didn't. That the juries that we called forward, we don't have the authority to go down into the state level and call a jury to, to the state court. The only thing we can deal with as the executive branch is issues in the federal system, as you said. We cannot go into the state, period. I don't have the ability, the authority, or the desire to do that. Now, if any state needs guidance, we'll give them guidance. But I don't want to get involved in state business, period, because that's not where we belong. And that, that actually will be a violation of the oath of office of the president of the republic, because he can't involve himself with state issues. He doesn't have any jurisdiction or authority. And I think that there has been a misconception about what we were trying to do. So when I talk about the grand juries that we've created, my presumption was is they would be working at the district court level all along. I had no idea what they were doing. Uh, I didn't know that they thought they were county or state grand juries. I thought that they understood. And, and I apologize to all of you because I didn't make this clear and I can see, looking back now, that it, it just wasn't made very clear to you, and it's my fault. I should have done that. But I made a, an assumption that everybody understood what I was talking about instead of explaining what I was talking about. So it's my fault that a lot of this happened because I don't think I, – I, I assumed that everybody knew what I was talking about, but I, I, I think that I didn't make it very clear. Okay, so what would you, what, what would you suggest – uh, the plan of action to go ahead uh, with this and getting the grand jury or the federal grand juries called into action as the justice of the Supreme Court. Okay, the only thing we need now to bring the juries that we have into place is have, have them called by the, the, the justices of the one Supreme Court. Okay. Yes, go ahead. Uh, for, for the last week, we've been preparing the document um, and yeah. collecting the collecting all the signatures, I am physically holding two original copies of, uh, with all five justices' signatures on me. I'll be scanning them and sending them out to, to the Supreme Court justices for final approval and uh, um, for distribution to the governors by tomorrow. Right. And I appreciate that. And I know you've been working very hard on this. And, and I, I appreciate the justices. These guys have been working very hard, too. And I do appreciate every one of them. These guys are, 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 most of them are very remarkable men, and they're, they're going to do great things in this country and look forward to working with them very closely. Uh, we've all been overworked and, uh, and, and trying to pull things together. But these, these things that we're doing have to be done, and they have to be done in a timely manner. Um, they, they are, we, are, we are trying to put a structure together so I can actually document the structure of this government to other governments around the world so we will be recognized fully by them. We have commitments from many, uh, verbal commitments from many countries that will recognize us, but they all tell us the same thing. Your government isn't complete yet. And I agree, it is not complete yet. Although we have, excuse me, although we have re-inhabited the original jurisdiction government, we have yet to put all the pieces together, but we are very, very close. And that's why I'm trying to, to explain the urgency that we need Congress to, to pull together 
We need to get their committees together. We need to quit this infighting and bickering that, that's going on. It's only a handful of people doing it. Ninety-nine percent of the people are 100 percent on board. It's that one percent out there that keeps stirring up the stuff. And I can tell you something now. I'll go ahead and tell you about this. Okay? I have intelligence reports from from very high up in intelligence sources across the world in this country as well as other countries that have explained to me that there is a movement, an, an organized movement, to stop this republic. And it's coming from the corporation and others, not just this corporation, but there are others too. But And they have agents that are working among their midst to create this turmoil, folks. I even have some of their names. I know who some of them are. And they have been dismissed from the republic at any national level, but I can't dismiss the ones that are at the state level. I don't have the authority. Now, that's up to the state. So if you've got somebody that keeps stirring up problems over a little nitpicking stuff all the time, the chances are very, very good that they are working with this group. Now, that doesn't mean they're all agents. That doesn't mean they are all agents. Some of them are being used by the agents. But it doesn't matter. The effect is the same, and they're causing disunity among this republic for the, to get the result of destroying what we're trying to do. And that is an organized effort, and I have confirmation from intelligence services that that is going on right now among our ranks of members in this republic. And that needs to be stopped, and it can only be stopped. I've done my job to stop it at the national level or the federal level, but you guys have got to do it at the state level. I can't do that. And I need you to to stand up. The people of this country have got to rise up and unite. And, if you, and, and there's only a handful of people across this whole country. There's less than a dozen people in the whole country, and, and, and uh, including Alaska and Hawaii, and all 50 republics that are causing a problem. There's less than a dozen of them, folks. All the rest of you guys are very supportive of what we're trying to do. But that dozen is are constantly emailing and, and trying to stir up more problems. There's less than a dozen. There's not even that many. But they're constantly, and we are constantly being bombarded by emails because, and you can read the emails and tell where they came, where the origin of it came from, because they're all saying the same thing. I mean, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. The bottom line is, is that this is an organized effort to derail this republic. And whether they're just being used or whether they're outright agents, they are doing this, and they're trying to stir up trouble and cause us a problem. And, and so you need to be aware of that, and you need to deal with the problem. If you have some of those problems in your state, deal with it, folks. This government is your government. Don't let a handful of people that, will, that are just trying to stir up trouble stop this process. Because 99% of you understand their own board, and that 1% is trying to derail us. Not even 1%, a third of 1%. Can I, can I make a comment to that, Tim? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'd like to make a comment to that, Tim, before we go into the next subject. Uh, and that is about uh, causing and stirring up trouble uh, about certain things, and they really mean it well in bringing it to our attention. Uh, but these kind of people usually do it in a helpful way. 
In other words, when they bring it to your attention, you know through the spirit that these people genuinely are concerned about helping you. Now, let's go back to the first group of people. The first group of people that use little nitpicking stuff to try to stir up trouble. Because that's not what destroyed the, that's not what destroyed the republic. That's not what gave the de facto the power. It was a planned strategy by the insiders that destroyed it. And it would do it again. Can I say something, uh, can I say something Nathan, about that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I have, I have studied a lot of law. I understand what law quite well and how it's structured and how it works and its authority and all this kind of stuff better than most judges and attorneys do in this nation. Uh, I've educated a lot of attorneys and judges on real law because they don't get it. A lot of them don't even understand it. But the one thing that I found in law is intent. Intent is everything in law. Even though you may have a misspelled word or improper word, if the overall document clearly shows the intent, that's what the law is. And that's what, you know, the founding fathers, when they did documents, they were not perfect by any shot, any stretch of the imagination, folks. You can go look at them today and say, well, wow, this has got a lot of errors in it. And it does. I've looked at the original uh, books from Congress from, from uh, 1791, and I can tell you, most of you would be appalled at the errors. But the bottom line is, is they were functional because the intent was clear. And so... And this is, and I guess I, I, fa I failed to explain this to the people that when we build this government, it is not going to be perfect. I don't care how long you debate over any issues. I don't care what you do to try to make it perfect. It will not be perfect. We've been doing it for 230 some odd years, trying to make it perfect, and it still is not any better than it was then. Probably, it's probably worse. We want to go back to the basics, and we want to. Get a Congress that's not for sale and put them in there to make it better than what it is. And they've got, for the rest of their lives, or their terms, as many terms as yet to come, hundreds of years to perfect what we do. Because I don't care if you, you work on these documents a hundred years, they're not going to be perfect. Because we have the human element. And I make lots of mistakes myself, so I know. I'm an expert at making mistakes, and I know you're not going to do a perfect document. You're just not going to do it. And you're not going to build a perfect Congress um, to build this republic. And so the people that are trying to delay the effort always work on it from there. But if we don't, we're going to be under foreign occupation. Okay, Tim, so uh, the, the next, our very next step, so what is our very, very next step that you would expect us to get accomplished? Okay, I've, asked, I've been asked by a number of people across the country to help give guidance on a number of issues. Some of the issues that we've got to do in Congress, the first thing is we've got to get our committees together. We've been working on that, and I've been having some issues with that, trying to get committees together. Uh, but I think that's finally coming together, officers in the, the House and the Senate and the committees together. Okay. We need to get this Congress in place where it can function. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to tell you all how to do it. I'm giving you guidance. If you don't want to do it my way, fine. Do it another way. But the bottom line is, is tell me what you want to do and let's get it done. But, the, you know, we, we've got to get this done. And if it's not in the okay. perfect structure, as I said, we can change it. All right. So, so, so the, uh, the federal district structure, <clears throat> for lack of a better word, uh, is going to depend on us. Um, appointing a federal district 
uh, justice in each of the states. Is that correct? Yes, the, the Supreme Court will do that. That's their job to do that. They'll appoint a justice over each state. Okay, so okay, the so. issues from that particular state can be heard. And that's where the grand jury that we are calling together is that's their job. Now, the governor of the state and the justice that we've already put in that state is for the state courts. That's their job to start putting that together. Now, I don't think they quite understood that. Uh, and, and that's my, as I say, I apologize because I didn't probably explain it well enough, as much as I could, within reason, within as long as it doesn't violate the Constitution. Okay. Now, the state constitution and, and laws of your state are already there if you want to draft, if you want to adopt those as your law, just like we have to do at the federal level. Uh, your legislature needs to meet. You need to establish what you've got to call your republic, first of all. You've got to establish uh, your law form, just like we do at the federal level. We've got to do the same thing. And you've got to establish certain things, certain protocols. I'll be happy to help you with some of that guidance if you need it. But you can pretty much mimic what we're doing at the federal level. Everybody, all the governments work basically the same. One's just federal and one's just state can't do them at our level unless they're appealed up to the state circuit courts and the state supreme court they can't even deal with it then the county has to bring it up or a person from the county can appeal it up to the higher courts but that's it they have to be a, there has to be a request from the individual or from the county or to move it up the ladder you can't just come down as a state and say that's what's wrong with our system today the state and the federal has just come down and invaded the, the, the space of the people. We can't do that in a Republican form of government. And that's what I keep trying to say, and I, 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 and I, I just have not communicated that well, I suppose. But that's exactly what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make sure we have a separation of powers. Federal level and the state level and the county level have to be separated because they are all independent. And, and that's a mindset. The people don't understand anymore. The state can't come into the county unless the county says so. The people in the county say so. Several days after Katrina, they were sitting at the border waiting to come in to Louisiana, and they couldn't step foot in Louisiana until the governor said so. And as a result, she made a big mess out of things, but the bottom line is that's the way the law really works. And they do abide by that still some today, but not fully. We want to return to a full... Um, to give the full rights and the separation of powers back like they set them right the way they should be. And that's what we're trying to do. And I think that, that uh, and uh, like I said, it's my fault some of because I have not explained this to the people well enough. But anyway, I'm trying tonight. That's what this call is about so you can understand where we're going here and what we're trying to do. And I, and I can get off on these tangents, I know, but carry on. I'll yield the floor. Just <laughs> so, so a felony, federal felony crime, they can bring that to that grand jury at the district court level where the state grand jury and the county grand jury cannot lawfully hear that case because they don't have jurisdiction and venue. They, they just don't have it because it's a different level of courts. And that's the reason they'll set up the federal grand juries in each state. Okay, so do we ask for referrals from the governor, or how do we do sure, that? Sure, absolutely, you can do that. You can ask the legislature. I would go to the legislature and ask them who they would recommend. 
Uh, Kelby, would you repeat that email address? Sure. The email address is justice, just like it sounds, justice at republicofunitedstates.org. Okay. Justice at republicofunitedstates.org. Send his email, phone number, and name to that address, and it would be great if by Monday morning or Monday evening I would have 50 or at least 41 uh, recommended referrals. That way uh, us justices could go and start working through them and, uh, and getting them uh, called into office. And then the next step is we, uh, am I correct, Tim, then the next step, their job would be to go and call forth the federal grand jury. Is that correct? That the, the federal, yes, well, federal grand juries are called by the justices. Okay. okay. That's their job, to call those juries into, into when they do that, they authorize them to operate. That's, that's okay, now, how, how, do we get around, how do we get around of the possible perception, and when we open the line here in a few minutes, I guess we're going to find out how people have been thinking, but the possible perception about people having uh, the idea that the grand jury that are, is seated is actually a state or a county grand jury. Can they dissolve it and, uh, and kind of justify and call it forth as a federal grand jury? Or just how is that procedure done? No, they, they already are, as far as our system is concerned. Okay. They're already a, a federal grand jury if they choose to be one. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. They whatever they, the people can do whatever they want to. I, I'm just laying this out for them. Uh, we have okay. to have a federal grand jury to, to, to hear the most serious issues, and we need to do that. And we also need the state governments in place. I mean, all of this is important. It needs to be, doing, needs to be uh, going on simultaneously. The legislators in each state need to get together and put together a government. The state legislators are already there. Use them. Use them. Put them in, put them in place and use them. See, okay, what, now, what people are getting confused about, I think, Nathan, is back, back when the first government was set up, the people in the states went to Washington. They had a little session up there for like 30 or 45 days and went back home, and they were state legislators. They were picked right. from their state to go to Washington, and I don't think that all of them went. I think this certain ones were picked this in, and I'd have to do some researching to see exactly how they did it. They changed up several times over the history. But the bottom line is, is the people that you elected in the state can also go to Washington when it's in session. The reason that it's been changed up in recent years is because Washington has started doing all this pork barrel politics, and now it's a full-time job. Used to it was just they didn't have that much to do. They went up there for a month and then went home. You know, and it was over for the year or for the season. Uh, they might have done that a couple of times a year, and the rest of the time they worked in the state. And that's basically what we're trying to restructure. The people that are well, in the states tell us and didn't want to do in Washington. Had to draft a number of things, but you know, after they get that basic stuff done. They can they can convene sessions when they want to, or a period of time they can go back home. They don't have to stay in Washington all the time and and, and convene. Okay, now there's some of these things have to be done. Don't have to be done the way that I put them in these. That I'm just giving you guidance here, folks, because I've been asked to give guidance. Because many of the people in the legislature don't really know how to write a bill. And I don't have the only way. I've got one way. There are many ways to do it. It's, it's been done a hundred different ways or more. But the bottom line is, is I hope that the Congress will at least adopt plain language and simple bills. Don't make this these 1,100-page bills are insane. All that for, all that was for was to to give people uh, something to argue about. 
and to find loopholes in. Mm-hmm. A bill can be one page. A bill can be simple. I'll just give you an example of one that I just put together. It says, we, the Congress of the United States of America, assembled before Almighty God or in the presence of the Almighty Creator on this such and such a day, adopt the name Republic of the United States of America as our official name. As simple as that. That's a bill. If Congress approves it, that's law. And that, that's, these are the little things that we have to do, this housekeeping stuff that has to be done to properly document our republic. Now, and you have, have another bill that we've got to define what law form we will use. Well, the, the founding fathers have already created a law form. Why don't we just adopt it and use it? You know, we'll have to amend some things in it, but we can adopt it. But we have to adopt it. And I want everybody to try to understand this. Or you don't own the house. It's, you have to go through that process. That's a legal protocol. Okay. If I give you, say, for instance, I give you a, a brand-new pickup truck that I just went out and bought and paid cash for and I got the title to it, and I hand you the title, Nathan, and you take a, a title, you put it home with your documents, wherever you keep your documents, but you never sign the title and change the name into your name, then whose truck is that? Well, it's the other party's truck. It's not mine. It's still in somebody else's name. It works the same thing with governments, folks. We are claiming our law form as the law form of our founding fathers. Now our Congress needs to convene and say, we are accepting this law form as our own. The same premise in law is, is changing the title, to something else to you. It's it's a maxim or a principle in law uh, that, that the people need to understand that we have to actually do something to accept it. It just doesn't automatically come to us. Even though it's there for us to take, it's like having an apple on the tree. That could be your apple and that could be your tree. But if you don't think it and eat it, it's not your apple. It does you no good. That's right. A stranger can go back and take your apple. And this is what I'm trying to explain to the people. Okay, now, the Congress has got to come together, and they've got to draft these bills into law. They say, we are accepting this name. We are establishing this as our proper name. We are establishing this as our law form. And there's several things in there that, that I'm, I put together, and I'm going to hand it to the Congress, let them go through it. You can you throw it in the trash, or you can do this. It's your, your decision. But the bottom line is is that this has to be done to structure this government properly so I can actually document that this government has been structured. And that will give us the authority because it goes back to we the people. Yes, Kelby? Sorry, guys. Go ahead. Uh, I have a question regarding this uh, before you continue. I like what you're saying. Uh, you said, uh, I hear you make the statement a couple of times that Congress is, has got to come together. Uh, are, you, are you actually meaning that they actually should uh, think about getting together next week, or should they just sit well, send the bill? That's why we need their committees, so their committees can review these bills. That's what committees in Congress do, is they review. Okay. I'm going to send the bills out to the congressmen and let them look at them. You can throw them in the trash, or you can modify them, you can change them however you see fit. 
I spent 25 years of my life studying all these issues, and I understand them quite well. I understand what it takes to document and what it takes to form and what it takes to found. And, and these are the things that I'm trying to bring to the people now, that they'll understand what we've got to do, because without this lawful documentation and this pro the protocols that I'm talking about, the government does not exist. Just like your grandparents' house, if you didn't change the title, it's still their house. It's just like the pickup truck. If you didn't change the title, it still belongs to me because you didn't change it. I gave it to you, but you didn't change it. So that's what we're doing here by lawfully documenting that we are accepting these things as our law form, as our government, and our principles that we're going to operate by. Okay? And I'll shut up. They'll go ahead. No, that's fine. So uh, the objective is to have that done. I'm too. trying to make sure I cover this very well because everybody's got to understand. All this stuff is is up here in my head, and I don't, re I don't relay it often. Uh, to the people what I'm thinking, and that's that's a fault I have. I, I just assume that people know, and I don't relay it sometimes. And I'm trying my right. best tonight to relay what, what I, I'm trying to do here, what this country's got to do in order to establish this government. We the people say that's very important because it's because of the issues that are going to be happening if we don't get it done. If we don't get it done before the corporation goes down, and, and I'm telling you what I'm being told by intelligent sources at the very highest levels around the world. We have got to be able to document this government, that we did it, and we did it properly, and we did it by the authority of we the people. It's got to be documented. The Congress, are they are the voice of we the people. That's why I can't do anything. My hands are tied because I cannot proceed without we the people. Without your consent, without your authority, I can't go forward. I'm at a, and I, I get frustrated because I want to move forward. We need to move forward. And I apologize if you hear it in my voice because it, it, I, I, it's urgency because I know we're running out of time. And, and I'm, I'm begging you, the people, I'm begging you, the Congress, to let's move this thing forward because we are running out of time. And the choices are not good if we fail to document this government properly and are able to prove that in the international world. Okay, and that's what we're right. doing. We're we're actually documenting a case that we're going to produce. We're going to present to the world court. Mm -hmm. So they that's uh, what it's, they that's where we're going to. So they don't get and uh, let us proceed with their lawful form of government. That's the reason. That, that's good. That's the whole uh, reason we're doing this. That's the whole reason. Okay, well, I think I've got the picture pretty good. I, I hope everybody else does, too. But that means that we, as Supreme Justice, has got some work ahead of us to get this yes, to get out to the people in a proper manner and, and get the data collected. And, uh, you know, we hope we all get that done. I assume that people understand, and, and I shouldn't, because slow is fast. Rule number three, right is right. Rule number four, Wrong is wrong. I think if we all abide by those four rules, we'll just get the job done, done just fine. Do you have anything else, Tim, before we open the floor for questions? Or No, I just hope that I've been able to relate to the people what's been in my heart and, and in my mind all these this time. And, I, I'm, I'll, like I said, I'm, I feel that uh, maybe they've got a better understanding of what we have to do this thing forward. And, and I have to for that. Her, her question is, is, how can we be expected to move forward if the IT department is holding basically um, the data or the information back 
answer. Um, and it may not be the one that people want, but basically the answer is this. Uh, it's my understanding that we have to have uh, them vote for the chair and the vice chair position for the representatives and the pro tem position for the Congress. And then we are trying to, as quickly as possible, get their uh, uh, logins done. We have two full-time people working on their logins right now. We made a request in writing over four days ago for them to submit their uh, the data agreement so they can put their uh, login ID, they can put their name and information, sign it, and as the order of those coming in, we are allowing them to be able to view each other and to be able to communicate with each other. They can get email addresses, phone numbers, they can get everything. We have not held back one thing. The only thing we're trying to do is move as quickly as we can to get that data in, uh, the, the agreement in, so that we can get everybody turned on and activated into the system. That's all, and I just want to make that clear. So if you want access to the database, please just get that agreement in as soon as possible. We're taking them in order, and we're activating your account so that not only can you see each other's, from a senator standpoint, we'll be able to see all senators. Representative will be able to see all representatives. And the only thing that we're doing right now is just trying to facilitate um, the ability to have a vote next Saturday. If we need to move that up based on what you're saying, let's consider that tonight. Um, but uh, uh, present all the pro tem uh, opportunities to the senators in a, in a format in which they can review, and then present all the chair and vice chair positions to the representative so they can review. And uh, once they have a vote on who it's going to be, uh, the only thing that IT is going to be doing is just cleaning up the logins and making sure you all can see each other and communicate and have as many conference calls as you wish. So I just want to make that clear. Uh, we are in full support and activating people on a daily basis. You just need to get those uh, things signed in so we can get you opened up. That's all. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate that. Uh, that was a subject I was going to bring up for your attention and clarification because I did have a lot of people, or at, at least some of the people in the field, calling and, and complaining about the IT department, about the data and the information. And I spend a lot of man hours uh, yesterday uh, doing research, uh, calling people up, trying to get behind the issue. I called up George. I bet I was on the phone for at least two hours. Uh, my memory serves me correctly. Two, two and a half hours with uh, a very, uh, you know, a person in, in Georgia that, that I think is a, is a good person, actually, but uh, she, she had some pretty strong feelings about, uh, about the uh, IT department, and she had some valid points. Uh, but then I called CW, and he gave me very good, clean answers. Uh, and I think it's just, in my mind, it's, it's a matter of maybe we are all so busy. Uh, we don't have, we just don't have the time to sit down and listen to everybody uh, as long as we should. But the main three points that Georgia had uh, was, number one, that they want each other's information, uh, and meaning that they want... Uh, the legislator, legislators of Georgia uh, want all the information of all the other senators and, uh, and the representatives. And I called the IT team and they said, uh, we're working on that. It's going to be available. It's not going to be a problem. Is that correct, Kelby? The only thing that they have to do to get access to the data is sign the agreement, send it in. It, has their, it will have their login ID. 
It'll have their name. It'll have their address. It'll have their, you know, the contact information for them. And uh, we can activate their account to see all senator data, if they are a senator, and all their republic data. We're not doing anything other than trying to accommodate at this time. Um, just from an, a technical standpoint, just to tell you, when we framed the, the two full-time positions this week to come on at to, to learn how to do the logins, we have two extra people that are doing the logins um, exclusively. And when we train them how to do it, they, and for the first time, people you have to understand this is a system that can handle millions and millions and millions of, of people. It's not a, it's not a lightweight system. It's it's heavy. It's intense. It, there's a lot of information to learn. There's a lot of information to go over. Uh, there's there's a hundred different categories. You have to make sure you have each one properly checked off. This is not as easy as people think. There's two separate login systems that you have to address. There's two separate, uh, you know, and I can go on and on. I don't want to bore everybody, but the point is, is I, on average, with one person, will spend 10 to 15 minutes making sure everything is done and correct so that we don't screw it up and give them access to the wrong data. So that's, that's really just the bottom line. Again, we sent out the agreements four or five days ago. I think we've got a combined total of maybe 30 back. And that went out to all the delegates and all the senators, all the representatives and senators, and we maybe only have 30 back. And I guarantee you that probably all 30 of those have their logins done. Wow. 30 out of 450? That's correct. Wow. Now, that's not much of a problem, then, is it? I guess people can get it if they want it. So I just encourage everybody just to get on board and, and uh, get access and uh, let's get this done. Let me address this problem, too, uh, and I'm not going to call any names or any places or anything, but there are a handful of people, and it's just a very small few, that don't want just the senator's information or the representative's information. They want all the information about everybody, and the reason that they're doing is they're trying to draw a number of states off in a different direction. These guys are working for, the, they either are agents or they're working for agents that are trying to dis destroy this. And that was confirmed out of Washington, D.C., folks, today. So the people that are raised, yeah, actually it was confirmed today out of Washington. I even know who some of them are. I'm not going to make that public right now, at least. But I'm telling you that there is a counter move to stop what we're doing because the people on the inside don't want us to succeed. They're trying to repackage this same old Federal Reserve system and corporate system in a different light. They're going to try to produce a currency that appears to be gold-backed, but it's going to be worthless paper. They're going to go through it, and when this currency collapses, they're going to try to make this switch to this new currency. If they can sell this to the people, They'll run out there and trade their silver and gold back in. They've been hoarding. By, there's billions of dollars worth of silver and gold across this nation that have been hoarded because of the collapse of the dollar is imminent. And if they can convince you that this dollar is backed by gold, you'll go tra trade your uh, gold and silver back in for this fiat currency. They'll collapse it, and they'll have your gold and silver, and you'll have a worthless currency. That's the plan, folks. They don't want us to succeed because we're going to set up a real gold-backed currency. And that's, that's the problem that we have. So uh, I want you to understand what's going on behind the scenes. And so some of these folks that are doing the complaining, the most of the complaining, 
are actually working for these people. Okay. And I know I'll get some hate emails from some of you, but the truth is still the truth. And you guys in the States need to find out who these guys are and deal with them. We know who they were. Shut up. Okay. Not all of them are, not all of them are, some of them are being used. They're not all that way. There's just a few that are, that are actually doing this oh. with full knowledge and intent. The rest of them are being duped. Oh, I know. You to be honest, we're being used. On and on, but That's a very smart thing. know what they're being used for. No, they don't understand it. But still, the effect is the same. Like I've said a hundred times, you, know, you, you go through a, a green light, and if somebody runs a red light and kills you, you're still just as dead. doesn't matter what, who, who had the right away or who was right or who was wrong. The effect is the same. The results are the right. same. And so we've got to be cautious. We've got to be mindful, and we've got to protect this republic. And I, I, th th this is a serious issue that we're dealing with. So the people that are doing a lot of the complaining out there want this information so they can pull states away from this republic. Simple as that. And you can send me the, you can send me the hate emails if you want to, because you know who you are, and I know who you are. Go ahead and send them. It's okay. We're voting on things they have not been properly communicated to. I'll just that real quick. The, uh, early on when we were requesting about it was to be for our chair and vice chair. Last week we switched. Uh, that's when we had delegate statesmen. We uh, realized we made an error in titles. We've gone to senators and speaker. I mean the House of Representatives. Therefore, what uh, the senators will be voting for is a pro tem, uh, President pro tem, and the House of Representatives will be voting for a speaker. Uh, there will be no vice speaker or vice chair in either uh, house. Uh, that can be determined by them once they're convened with their elected leader. Okay. All the information, uh, to my knowledge at this point, is being compiled at the moment. It's going to be released, I believe, Kelby, uh, you'll have to correct me for around probably the next couple of days at that point. Uh, I've asked that a request be um, made to check this list that, uh, by all nominees. If you feel your name was missing from that list, notify us right away so we can make that correction and uh, we will get it back out to everybody. All the information will be there to contact the individual, either by phone or by email. There'll be a brief bio of that person and uh, 100 words why you should be voting for them. You will have complete access to the uh, nominees to uh, determine for yourself who you would like to vote for. I yield. Thank you. I think that uh, clears up that uh, that issue number two. Is there anything you want to add to that, Tim, or you want me to move on to the next one? No, I think everything, that's, that's pretty clear and concise. Okay. Uh, issue number three was uh, voting in ways that they feel they can't trust the results. Now, that that is a big issue and an issue of concern, and it is really just a trust issue that we have in doing what we're doing. Um, I think what they were referring to is, yes, go ahead, Tim. Well, I think that's an easy problem to solve. 
send us your vote in black and white with your wet ink signature on it, and we'll compile them, and anybody can look at them anytime they choose. Simple as that. I don't have a problem with that. You know, I'm all for honest and fair voting, and I'll promise you one thing. You can believe this. If I catch somebody that's, that's Jimmy in a vote, no matter which way it goes, they won't be part of this republic if I have anything any say over it. I'll guarantee you that. I won't tolerate it because that's what's wrong with this country is we have allowed that kind of foolishness to go on too long. And uh, I won't have anything to do with a, with a faulty vote at all. I won't tolerate it. Mr. President, you know, I think that if you want, um, yeah, go ahead. I was just hoping to ask one question. There's a, uh, a rumor going around that uh, the legislative body votes in the vice president. Um, I'd like you to personally address that rumor, please. Okay, the um, that is that is not correct. The the vice president has always been appointed by the president ever since George Washington was president in this country. Okay. They usually are running mates, and they're usually voted on as a team. That is true, but they vote for the president, and the vice president determines who the vice president is. In this particular election, I had a different vice president who resigned. Okay, normally, I believe it's the pro temp of the, pro temp of the Senate, if I remember right, was supposed to be the vice president, but we didn't have one, so we had to appoint one. Now, when the, as I said, these, are interim, these were interim uh, elections. This, these are interim positions until the Congress established. Okay. That really, really clears up the air. Uh, I really appreciate that, Tim. I, I just think uh, this is a much needed call here. I just got a couple of things I want to bring to your attention that I think we're going to open up the floor for questions. And this has to do with the remediating situations and feelings among one another. Uh, there's two rules that I have learned in my career time of working issues out among people. Rule number one is you should always take away the sharpness and the labeling or the labeling of the accusation. In other words, we shouldn't be too quick to label somebody else's motive as somebody else's motive as as a certain action. You know, just you know, we should prolong that in labeling and just take away the sharpness. Number two, we should always go for the warm side of a person first. If you follow those two rules, you've won 90% of the battle already between conflicts. Um, Kelby, would you open the floor for questions at this time if nobody else has anything to say that is on the Thank you. Yes, please, let's take the question. Thank you. Uh, okay, as everybody already knows, I can see they're logging in. Um, we're going to take the first question from Mary Code six zero one. And Kelby, take them in order, as if you can understand the questions. And get it, read, take the take them in order because I don't want to skip anybody or skip Okay. Over. Okay. Uh, this is Drew in Mississippi. Go ahead, Drew. And Drew had Drew. a finger on the draw. Right. I knew what was coming, so I was ready. Oh, uh, all right. I want to make sure help. Clarify, clarify for myself and maybe for others. Now, CW, in this uh, election of the uh, pro tem and the speaker, or pro tem primarily, I think is what you will be in, you are only going to act as a moderator. Is that correct? 
CW there? Mm-hmm. I see him on there. He's probably scrambling to hit the mute button on his phone. Because, uh, well, yes, I was scrambling for the mute button. That's correct. And you're yeah. only act, you're only going to act as a moderator. Is that correct? I think you can only make it. a tie, break a tie vote or something. Wasn't that way it was? You know? That is correct. The two main functions of the vice president is to, uh, even though they're the president of the Senate, he's not the president pro tem. And as president of the Senate, all I do is break, or all a vice president does, is a tiebreaker. Now, the other critical function that he has during a uh, voting period, like this week, midterm elections, his job or her job, the vice president's job, is to be the president over both houses moderating and reviewing, uh, uh, being the oversight of the electoral vote. So, yes, Drew, I, all I'll be doing is moderating and uh, reviewing the vote and make sure it's done legally and uh, accurately. Okay. I wanted to bring that out so folks would understand what you're actually doing rather than what they think you're doing. Okay? Next we appreciate is, that, Drew. Okay. The next thing is to make sure that I understand and uh, everybody else understands. The legislature that we have already elected is effectively going to wear two hats. They will wear a hat as the national legislator when that is called up, and they will act as the republic or state, whichever word you want to use, the state legislature in the meanwhile. Is that correct? That, that is the way that they used to do it. They selected delegates and sent them to Washington in the early days. That's the way they did it. The, uh, I, I honestly would have to research and see if they actually had national positions or if they picked them from their state representatives. But that's uh, the, the, they only had like uh, a month session at a time or so in the early days because they didn't have that much to do. Uh, after they originally got the, the Congress done in 1791, Congress sat there with very little actually to do after that. They they did some statutes at large and stuff, but they would go up there for a few weeks and then they went home. Turn up your state. Uh, you can send that to join JOIN that we forgot to put on the documents. If you can put your title within the republic. Um, also understand that if you're if you're not a representative or you're not a senator or you're not a governor or you're not a foreman, you're not going to get access to the republic's data unless you have express written consent by the foreman, governor, uh, ambassador, and so forth. Um, but the database uh, agreement is 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 helping us to know who you are and uh, because you have a specific login ID. Some people use emails that aren't the same emails as their, um, uh, you know, they use a separate email or what have you. So let, let's review the agreement. In the first section it says a date and it says blank living soul. You are the living soul. You are the body. You are the person. Put your name in there. In the state republic of and put your republic in that in that line and then you go to the second page and here's the confusing part for some people it says if to living soul and my apologies it should be your name and address in there that's all 
And then down below where it says login ID, you got to go to, some people don't, understand. people are saying give me access, but they've never even tried to create a login for themselves to get access. So whatever login that you have created on republicofunitedstates.org, we need that login name. It's, it's, for everybody, it's different. And then that email down below isn't necessarily the Republic email or your personal email. It's just the email that you associated with your login. And then the living soul signature and the date. And down below that, you can put your title within the Republic if you have a title. Um, that would be great. But that's all you need. And at, uh, right as soon as they are coming in, we have two full-time people for the next several days that are knocking this out and will give everybody out. And I'll get back in touch because I've been trying to get in and couldn't. Put on a um, one sheet to fax in. Uh, That's all I have. Um, Eric, you're 540. Uh, please uh, come on and uh, ask your question. Hi, I'm Laura Murphy, uh, Virginia representative. Um, I'm also the, the um, recording secretary for the state. And I was given uh, the information to put on a on one sheet to fax in of everyone, uh, the senators, the uh, governor, and the um, the representatives of their ID and all of that information for the for you to have. Um, was that incorrect? Because I and there's a senator here in my kitchen with me. We didn't receive a database agreement to sign. So, um, is is what the the database sheet that I have with all of that information, and then me just signing it myself as the as the recording secretary, is that sufficient for our state? No, actually, each, each person that requires a login now, we, we, we switched to a database agreement uh, for several reasons. Um, mainly, it answers all the questions that we need uh, to get the person set up properly. Secondly, it's a confidentiality agreement for, uh, for the Republic database, and uh, it uh, allows us to address one by one. Um, uh, and then what we do is we cross-reference that against your permissions. Um, obviously, if they're senator, they're going to be able to see senator's data uh, and republic data. If they are a representative, they're going to be able to see representative data. But if we have a name like, uh, that we don't see as a representative and we don't know who that is, we're going to reference the list that you sent in uh, against that as a permission to grant that person access to your republic data. So essentially, we need both. If there's more than just the uh, the Basically. wondering if anybody in the state of Virginia received it. Okay, then what I'm going to do uh, tomorrow... Oh, thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Okay, we're going to bring on the next caller, area code 413. Go ahead. Yeah, this is Bob in Massachusetts. Regarding the database, I've had access for um, a long time now, uh, but the one problem I've had is being able to identify who the recent signups are. When I do a search in a database, there's no easy way to find out who just signed up. I get a list of all the signups, but not the recent ones. And okay, the second issue this. I have with the, data the database is that I can't del delete duplicate entries. Or yeah, there, there, there is a uh, book things, so, but I think that needs to be saved for a time in which we do training. 
Uh, so give it about another week, Bob, and, and a week and a half. We'll send notice when, when you can come online and be able to do that. Excellent. And uh, with Tim's permission, I have something to share that really made a difference in Massachusetts. And in talking to Jim Fitzgerald, he asked me to share it on the national call on Wednesday. But I think it's more appropriate to share it tonight. It will, uh, Absolutely. If, Bob, please do. Uh, this is uh, something that happened over 100 years ago, and it was about an article that was written to fill an empty space in a magazine, which was otherwise ready to go to publication. This seemingly insignificant work about a soldier in the U.S. Army has since become one of the most published documents in the history of the printed word, a message to Garcia has been translated into every major language on earth with over 100 million copies in print. What was the significance of this article which caused such a stir around the world? In 1899, a man by the name of Albert Hubbard wrote an editorial for a small magazine called The Philistine. Over tea, Hubbard was discussing the Spanish-American War with his family. Everyone had been cheering General Calixto Garcia, the leader of the Cuban rebel forces, as the key to winning the war in Cuba. When Hubbard's son, Bert, put forth this argument, in my mind, ventured Bert, the real hero of the war was not General Garcia, but Lieutenant Rowan, the man who got the message to Garcia. His son's words leaped in Hubbard's heart. Hubbard wrote the article, a message to Garcia, and the edition went to print. He thought a little more about it until a magazine began getting requests for reprints of that particular edition. More and more requests for reprints came in, until a magazine was literally swamped. Puzzled by the overwhelming number of orders, Hubbard asked why people were interested in that particular copy of the magazine. He was surprised to learn that the demand was for the filler article that he had written about Rowan. Orders came in for 100,000 copies, 500,000 copies, a million copies. Eventually, Hubbard was forced to simply grant permission to those who wanted large numbers of reprints because of his limited ability to publish in those quantities. Why are so many people interested in an article about some unknown lieutenant by the name of Andrew Summers Rowan? The reason is everyone is looking for individuals such as Rowan. In 1895, the little island nation of Cuba was struggling to be free from Spanish rule. The Spanish soldiers who occupied the island oppressed and brutalized the people. They desperately wanted to be free. The United States had a strong interest in Cuba, not only because of its geographical proximity to the United States, but also because of our financial investments there. By 1897, the situation in Cuba had deteriorated to the point that, it was, that there was rioting in the streets of Havana between nationalists and Spanish soldiers. 
President McKinley dispatched the battleship Maine as a visible indicator of the United States' presence in Cuba. The American battleship sitting in Havana Harbor sent a clear signal to the Spanish government of our country's resolve to protect our interests in Cuba. Although a formidable presence, the Maine did not engage in any hostile acts against Spain. On February 15, 1898, however, an explosion rocketed the Havana Harbor, sinking the U.S. battleship. The American people were greatly alarmed over this open act of aggression, less than 100 miles from our country's coast. McKinley sent an ultimatum to, the, to Spain to get out of Cuba. By April, the United States was at war with Spain. Ultimately, the Spanish-American War proved to liberate not only the nation of Cuba, but the Philippine Islands as well. Just before declaring war, President McKinley was meeting with Colonel Arthur Wagner, head of the Bureau of Military Intelligence for the United States. Where, asked, the President, asked President McKinley, can I find a man who will carry a message to Garcia? Cooperation between the rebel forces in Cuba and the United States was essential to the, to the success of the campaign. It was vital to quickly communicate with the rebel, the leader of the rebels, General Calixto Garcia, a Cuban-born Creole. General Garcia was somewhere in the mountains of Cuba leading the rebel troops in their fight for independence. He was a hunted man by the Spanish army. No one knew his exact whereabouts. Colonel Wagner did not hesitate in his answer to the president. I have a man a young officer, Lieutenant Andrew Summers Rowan. If anybody can get a message to Garcia, Rowan can. An hour later, Colonel Wagner stood before Lieutenant Rowan. Young man, said the superior officer, you must carry a message to General Garcia, who will be found somewhere in the eastern part of Cuba. Cuba. You must plan and act for yourself. The task is yours and yours alone. Colonel Wagner then shook Rowan's hand and repeated, Get that message to Garcia. Without asking one question, Rowan left to find Garcia. Rowan delivered the message to Garcia, and the response got back to McKinley without Rowan ever asking, Where is he? What does he look like? Who are his contacts? How do I get there? He simply took the orders and did what he was asked to do. Is there a Rowan among us? Is there someone who can get a message to Garcia without having to do interrogation of his senior officer first? Is there someone who can get the job done without needing to have his employer hold his hand until the task is completed? If not, the boss might as well do it himself. Is there someone that can just ask to accomplish a task, and the next time I see them, I am told, I'm finished with that.
What do you want me to do next? Where can I find someone like that? Where is he? Can I find a Rowan? Is there someone who can take a message to Garcia? They are out there. There's just not enough of them. There are probably some Rowans reading this right now. There will always be a few of those individuals who are extraordinary. Extraordinary means above ordinary. Those who don't just do what is expected of them, they surpass the expectations of others. In their pursuit of excellence, there's an excerpt from Albert Hubbard's article written over 100 years ago. It sounds as if it could have been written today. The point I wish to make is this. McKinley told, McKinley gave Rowan a letter to be delivered to Garcia. Rowan took that the letter and did not ask where is he at. By the eternal, is there a man whose form should be cast in deathless bronze and the statue placed in every college of the land? Is not book learning young men needed nor instruction about this and that, but a stiffening of the vertebrae which will cause them to be loyal to a trust, to act promptly, concentrate their energies, do a thing, carry a message to Garcia. You, reader, put this matter to a test. You are sitting now in your office. Six clerks are within call. Summon anyone and make this request. Please, please look in the encyclopedia in the encyclopedia and make a brief memorandum for me concerning the life of Carrillo. Will the clerk quietly say yes, sir, and go to the task? On your life, he will not. He will look at you out of a fishy eye and ask one or more of the following questions. Who, who was he? Which encyclopedia? Where's the encyclopedia? Was I hired for that? Do you mean Bismarck? What's the matter with Charlie doing it? Is he dead? Is there any hurry? Shan't I bring the book and let you look at it yourself? What do you want to know that for? Now, if you are wise, you will not bother to explain to your assistants that Corrigo is indexed under the C's, not under the K's, but you will smile sweetly and say, never mind, and look it up yourself. I invite all senators, governors, statesmen, delegates, and leaders in this organization to take a message to Garcia. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Now, um, as, as great as that story was, uh, I want everybody from here on to keep their questions to 10 or 15 seconds so we can get them answered for you. Uh, we all got kids, and we all uh, uh, want to be able to spend time with them, and we have about 20 people in the queue right now. So we're going to bring on area code uh, 580. Go ahead. You have the floor. Hi, thank you, uh, and I wanted, this is Brett from Oklahoma. Uh, Kelby, I appreciate all your work, and Nathan, and Mr. President, 
Thank you so much for taking the stand that you do. Um, very quickly, uh, in terms of resolution, in the event that we find people in, in, you know, this is obviously not just for here in Oklahoma, but for anywhere, I imagine that this question would come up. Uh, if there's people that are causing problems that just can't move forward with a clear conscience, what is the proper method of getting somebody in their place and they can, you know, not throwing them out of the republic, but just saying, hey, listen, we need to, we need to move very urgently to get these matters resolved. And in the event that you can't do it or you don't have a clear conscience, what is our path to success on that? What's your advice? That, that's up to the people in your republic, in your state. However you want to handle that, uh, what we've been doing in the past is we've just moved them in and out. And that's up to you guys, whatever you all want to do. But that's normally what we've been doing. Deciding that okay, you're not going to be on board, we'll just vote you out. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Um, the offices, very good, very good. I just wanted to make sure that that was clear for everybody that might be on the call. Um, in terms of the offices where people have been uh, appointed to, uh, say, uh, a delegate position or a representative, rather, and a statesman, a senator, and whatnot, in the event that... Uh, you know, that there is a matter that comes up that, that has to be called, that would be normally called up by an assembly. Is there any reason why any of us, no matter what our position is, could not call up a, a, an assembly for the purpose of discussing something simply as being an Oklahoman or a Texan or, you know, whatever the case may be? Sure, absolutely. Uh, they call them town, we call them town hall meetings, basically, is what it is an assembly of the people. And sure, you can do I encourage everybody to do that. Excellent. And um, I, I just wanted to make one comment that I really appreciate uh, everything that you're going through. And, you know, the Bible says to watch out for those that cause divisions. You know, I think that there are divisions in, in some shape or form. It sure sounds like anyway. But the, the deal is that we need to watch out for those that cause divisions, <laughs> you know, and get, and get hit, the, you know, hit the nail on the head here. So thank you so much for everything that all of you are doing, uh, you know, Vice President, CW, and everybody, because we can, I mean, we are looking up to you for our advice here in Oklahoma, I can assure you, and, uh, you know, at least every person that I've personally spoken with, and uh, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. God bless you, and we, we try our best to, whenever we can help you, we'll do our best to do that as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, sir. Um, and just one one comment on the, your biblical reference about divisions. It's, that's the one thing our Lord hates. If, if we understand truly what this republic is, and, and our opinion here, you know, this is His. Everything in this world is His. And when we are making attempts, I don't want to say to divide it, but when 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 you can't get your point across without being argumentative and, and seeing 50 people and what you're doing is it's causing strife. And you could pick up a phone and you could get the vice president on the phone any day you want. And you could discuss your concerns, your feelings, you can get him on the phone any day you want. And he'll tell you how he feels. But when you do it in an email format or a fashion, and, it's, and, and you've been responded to appropriately and nicely and respectfully, and then you respond back disrespectfully and argumentative, you know, I don't say this to be rude or to be mean, but when I read the most recent emails, it just seems to be nothing but an attack. It doesn't have any it doesn't have any resolve to it. There's there's no there's no uh, there's no candor. And so I I, I thank you very much. But my point is God hates 
division in his house. That he hates that more than anything, and that's biblical, absolutely biblical. So we need to be holding this together in love and in respect. And, and trust me when I tell you guys, we were working very hard in, in the IT department to, to get, get everybody what they need. And we're trying to do it right, and we're trying to protect the republic, and we're trying to protect the, uh, God's house. And that's how we look at it. So I'm going to bring on the next caller, area code 727. Go ahead. Wow. Hello. Thank you. Um, first off, uh, Mr. President, this is Brian Kidder. Uh, I am state representative in the Florida Republic, and I would like to say I do agree with you um, in pretty much everything you said. Um, my questions, um, well, basically you're saying that we need some initiative uh, among the people, um, something I, I, the board just stands out so big initiative. Uh, we have to take the uh, initiative. My biggest question is, is about our different issues uh, when we're still dealing with the de facto um, or uh, those that are uh, on the call, those that are you know, looking at the Republic and either have been a part of it, have signed up, or even uh, have a, a position uh, within the Republic government. What about the issues of, of, of our person? I mean, because it, it appears like we're making another corporation. Not at all. No, no, not at all. Uh, that, that's not the correct assumption there. Uh, in the corporation, the corporation runs from the top down. In the Republican form of government, the people are the power. They're the authority. They're the say-so. We only carry out what they tell us to do, and that's what we're trying to express to the people. And that's the way yeah, it's that, 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 I didn't say that. Can, can yeah. I make a comment on that? Okay. Yes. Uh, there, there may have been some confusion on that. Uh, in the state level, uh, people are doing from the ground up, but on the federal side, uh, if you read your constitution very, very carefully, it says the judicial power of the United States is vested in a one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts. That is from the top down. In the federal well, side. well, that's true. Well, let me let me correct some, one thing though that you uh, that you're missing there. Uh, okay, not, not to be argumentative with you in any way, but right. The, I just the, the judicial the the judi That's true what you said, but the judicial is governed by the legislator, which legislature, which is the voice of the people. So really, it's not from the top down. It's just within the court system that it's that way. But right. they are exactly. only allowed to act according to what the will of the people is. Right, exactly. I guess I'm asking this question because I've got friends that uh, before, you know, anything ever even started with the Restore America plan, we had been researching these things independently. States, though, have, have decided they don't necessarily want to sign up and, and put their name in it is because of the issue of, of our individual sovereignty and the question of, of our, that, that legal person. You know, what will be done with that? Um, or do we have to actually have this government established before we can legitimize a different status for the, the individuals within that political different our political party or our body politic? The, the individuals are already sovereign, but they're not recognized in the current system of government as such. That's the problem. Right. I guess that's what I'm talking about is getting that ready. As a republic, they're absolutely sovereign. And that's the, in the Republican form of government, they are sovereign. And the reason they're sovereign is, is because it's God-given unalienable rights that they can't be, can't be removed from them. And uh, 
body off of that list of commodities that can be used for vaccines. Yeah, many commodities. There are many things. You can base it on any kind of uh, mineral in the ground. You can, you can base it on uh, uh, right, all kinds right. of different things. You, you can base it on food. Uh, food is a great commodity, actually, to use. Um, that, that was done for many, many years during agrarian societies. Used food as a basis. Uh, not uncommon. And it would work actually. I think actually in the future you're going to see uh, food become the basis of the supplements. I believe you'll see that. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Okay, let's let's uh, pause it there for a minute. There's just so much material. I just don't know where where to uh, let off or come back in. I mean, there's just I have. You know, I wanted to get more in-depth, more DT. This was more of the conference where it was open to just the republic itself. Um, and I wanted to get into the – I thought I had them pulled up. I wanted to get into the uh, the uh, conference calls with the uh, senators, and then they had the military on the phone. Uh, they had about three or four military personnel. I, I forget if one of them was a general. I'm not 100 percent sure. I have to go back and listen to it. I've got them all. I've got so much, so much material here of uh, all these files I had to pull up. So, but uh, you know, and then then scrape them over from MP3 to MP4 and whatnot. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I've got tons more. I'm not sure we're going to go more into this. Uh, I've got some good stuff uh, that uh, um, that pretty much. Um, goes more into detail about uh, the driver's license thing. That's what I'm really trying to really look, get into here because the traveling thing is something that we've really been hitting hard and discussing, and there's a lot of comments last yesterday about that. And I, I, they go into that, the driver's license, the uh, ID cards, the machines that, uh, that they have. They touch, touched upon the database. That was the window to open that. And I think the next one I've got actually pulled up addresses the driver's license. Uh, they have a special travel card uh, passport that they uh, printed up, and uh, they issued it to certain people, and supposedly it worked. Uh, this is through the testimony of the people that were pulled over, um, supposedly. I don't know. I've never seen it work. I've been heard conflicting stories. I've heard that it does work, that uh, you just hand it to the state trooper and basically go F yourself, you tell him, and then he says, okay, have a good day, sir. Supposedly that's what I've heard. I don't know. I've never used it, and I've never, you know, been, you know, had that run in. So uh, whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. Now, real quick here, I know back in 2010 they did on the paper, the uh, the newspaper, they did have the article where you can uh, get your uh, ID card, your passport. I think it was like $19 or something, and they were sending them out to people. And uh, so uh, I remember that. And then they stopped for some reason. So I don't know why. Let me check the phone boards here. If anybody wants to talk or comment here, uh, 657-383-0616. And those of you that are new that are tuning in, this is the uh, Restore America Plan and the uh, Republic of the United States. This is your lawful du jour government that they're talking about here. That's what the government is. That is your lawful du jour government, uh, not your de facto uh, corporate, corporate um, body that, uh, that doesn't know anything about any, nothing, doesn't care about you, and certainly does not care about the future of you. That is a fact, whether you like it or not, whether or not you believe it. I don't know what to tell you on that. I really don't. 
if you don't believe in your country and you don't believe, you know, I, I just don't know what to do for you. I just don't know what to say. If you don't believe in America, you don't believe in the foundations of America or, or, or what this country was that we were a republic, you know, one nation under one God founded as that, that republic, you know, uh, and what the guidelines are of how we're supposed to live amongst ourselves here, you know, uh, and now I'm being told, you know, well, well you know, uh, I, my parents are here, uh, Joe, I don't, you know, I don't want you, uh, I can't put your YouTube stuff on, but they're here because they don't support me, and, you know, that's fine, you know, I don't know why they don't support me, I've never done nothing to you or anybody else, what have I done to you? You know, uh, what, they don't like my podcast show, why? Because I tell the truth? Is that what it is? Or what would they rather have me do? Get up here and start swearing and playing perverted music and, and dancing, you know? I mean, well, would that gain their support? Would that be okay then? Is that, is that, is, I mean, you're excited? Yeah, <laughs> that's what he says right there in the chat. Okay, yeah, all right. You guys are something else. Let me tell you. All right, I'm again. I'm playing, playing back this uh, this guy right here. I just patch, patch one guy through. Unbelievable. This is what you're gonna take from this. I'm gonna have to edit that out because that's just not right. Okay, let's check the phone boards here. And uh, six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press number one if you want to be connected, and I will patch you through. Remember, I got Mike on the road. Uh, he's going down to Texas um, to. Um, Listen to David Strait. So uh, let's see here what we've got here. Uh, anybody got their hand up? Anybody want to chip in here? Anybody want to got a comment real quick? Okay, I'll patch you through. Go ahead, 305. You're on. Go ahead. Oh, hey, Joe. It's uh, Mike. Yep. With How you doing, brother? Hey, good, brother. Yeah, I'm heading north on 27 here with my son and my dad on, on the way to Gainesville to go to David Strait's uh, seminar here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, okay, what did you think? Oh, yeah, no, it was interesting. Um, at the outset, what I really uh, was digging on was the man that was making the point about the federal government doesn't even have the right to be in a state. they got to be invited here. The states are sovereign. That's a big point yeah. that's often overlooked by people. I mean, that was a huge yeah. point that we made. Um, to be honest with you, though, as we're driving, you know, we're driving through central Florida, and we just went through um, – um, uh, what was the little town there? Uh, Claremont. Claremont. We just went through Claremont. My mom grew up in that area, and I remember going there as a kid, and it used to be rolling hills of orange groves, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful rolling hills of green and rolling hills of trees and groves, orange groves. That's all you would see. Now it's just disgusting. Um, you know, the houses that are six feet apart, you know, just crammed in yeah. on, where they cut all the trees down. They look like prison. It looks like prisons. They all look the same, just splattered all over the town. They're smart communities. They got their Taco Bell. Yes, yeah, all these little corporations, wow. you know, Taco, Taco Bell. It's kind of like a model. It's kind of like a model blueprint of what the neighborhood's supposed to look like, and, and, and they all look the it's, same. It's grotesque. It's sickening. Obviously, honestly. I mean, how pathetic. They destroyed Florida. They've just destroyed it. And I had an epiphany. When we were driving, my dad looked over and he noticed. He said, these places look like they've been done a while and there's nobody even living in them. 
And I said, that's what you're going to be shipping them in. They're, they're going to be shipping them in. And then here's the Maybe you're right. Though. You know what? You're they right. Are. Your dad just spotted something there. That's the, the new homes for the illegals. Well, you know? Exactly right. that, means we still, that means we still got a chance to destroy them. And, and no. not, not only that, but, but No crime. We don't condone any vandalism here on this show. No crime. No, so it, it goes further. What they're going to do is, yes, they're pre-building them all up so they can influx all, you know,
So, uh, you know, so there was, there was some questions there is that, hey, how can we take orders from a guy that's not even a United States citizen? You know, so how can well, he be let, president? Let me, let me throw this into the mix, too, because I got Josh on the line with us out of Wisconsin, if he's still with us. Um, but we okay. were talking on the phone last night about some issues regarding uh, the truth about Donald Trump and Q and all the psyops that are going on to, yeah. um, you know, just to, to, again, keep people ignorant and in the dark about what's really happening. And yeah. we were making the, the point that, um, oh, man, I lost my thought. Um, oh, man, you, you can't drive and talk at the same time? <laughs> well, <laughs> Boy, I hate to be in a foxhole with you. Is, <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is a good thing is son's driving. Oh boy. Anyway, <laughs> well, I hope you guys have a safe trip. Oh, military, uh, military, military, military is what yeah. I was going to say, Joe. Um, we made the point. Um, here's the thing about the military that people need to understand: not only have they already destroyed our military, our military's been destroyed, but the military itself is part of the problem. The military is the problem, and I'm not talking about our military service members and patriots and 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 veterans. No, they're great. They they've done what they've done. But the bottom line is um, our military, the, the, the same New World Order, One World Government agenda people that are pushing this corporate system own our military. They own it. They control it. Again, the, the um, Rothschilds funded both sides of every war since Napoleon to today. They, they, they create the wars. They're creating what's going on in Russia and China and in Ukraine. It's all by design. And they use, they've been using the United States military for decades to destroy other nations, specifically to foster their new world order, one world government agenda. So the military is is not the answer. The military is uh, the problem. We don't have a proper military. Just like we don't have a proper government, we don't have the proper military. Yeah, I can see your point there. I can see your point. I don't I don't agree 100% with what you're saying. I believe that our military is very strong still. It is still the strongest military in the world and it's still uh, okay, okay, fun, fun, fun. They're trans- transgender. <laughs> well, transgender, that's right. Yeah, very few though, very uh-huh. few. <laughs> well, they're going to do have a <laughs> They're pushing the acrobat out there. Okay. And, and they're all bad. <laughs> the, ones, the ones that didn't quit, the ones that didn't quit have all been jabbed with the poison. They're literally trying to yeah, get off the yeah. military and replace the right. with, with the LGBT people. That's what what do you think of that Lieutenant Colonel? What do you think of Sandy? Sandy, uh, 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 the Air Force there instructor that was on my show, uh, when, when she got the jab, you know, uh, what do you think? She got, doesn't have long to go, huh? She, she got shot up, didn't well, she? You know, she got vaccinated. I, I, I don't, I don't know if she did or not. I, I thought she was fighting against the jab in the, in the military. Here's, a, here, here's the thing I learned about this stuff. It was interesting. It talks about mercury and aluminum, and and what that does. And then this this, but when it comes together, it makes like a clot. So that's what I was thinking. The COVID shot does. It brings it all together and binds it. It makes these clots. And then somebody was saying, "Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like." I said, "What?" Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard too, and, and, and it's really, 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 really bad, and the side effects that come along with it. But I don't want to get into too much on the COVID thing. But yeah, man, it's bad. I mean, stay away from it. Stay away as much as you possibly can from it. They say, "Have you been vaccinated?" Say, "None of your business," and just walk away. You know, try not to volunteer any information on that. That that subject. What I think I had. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Let me ask this regarding the military. I don't think you don't necessarily agree, although you see that point. Um, what president was it, Eisenhower, that spoke against the dangers of the industrial military complex? Yes. Uh, which president was that, right? Eisenhower. Uh, it was Eisenhower. Speaking of, right, speaking yeah, you're breaking the, up a little bit, Mike. Your phone's not very choppy. Yeah. Yeah, speaking about the potential problems of the, you know, uh, industrialized, commercialized, industrial war machine, right? Um, that, that oh, is oh you're talking about, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We must guard against, yes, yes. Go ahead. Right. Well, we didn't guard against it, and it's grown into a corporate monstrosity. Again, these people create wars. They're using the United States military. Most of our military men and women, while I salute them, and they may be great patriotic Americans, most of them themselves don't even know what they're getting into because they've been misled. Let me let my dad say a few words because he, he's 82 and he concurs. They've been brainwashed through television and movies and gamings with this patriotism. Oh, I'm patriotic. I'm fighting for my country. You're not fighting for your country. You're fighting for a bunch of wealthy elites that are trying to take over other countries. That's what you're fighting for. And more and more military men and women are waking up to that reality. That's a fact. So the military they are. Is they are. Yeah, they are. They are. That's just, uh... My understanding, it all kind of started back in the early 1800s with the Rothschilds, did it not? And it's uh, simply been escalating every since for their general purposes. Uh, so we have an evil, uh, we have a real evil government right now, unfortunately, uh, it's nothing like it was back in the days of uh, our, form, our, our our founders. It's just amazing yeah. to me. I, I mean, I'm almost 82 years old. I've seen a big transition of change, social change in the order of things and how people think. And the school system is guilty of misleading our young people uh, in, into what the root truth is. Uh, so, you know, this liberalism and uh, concept of uh, a so-called democracy is uh, killing our nation. It will stagger it. And so, you know, as we can see it now, uh, yeah. people uh, uh, that are so-called um, elitist. Your generation, your generation your, the people that you grew up around, obviously, you know, many are not around anymore. You know, obviously you must feel isolated. You know, you don't have people your own age, you know, pretty much all surrounding you, you know. So how does that feel? What's that feeling like? You know, all your generation is gone pretty much. I can tell you, uh, just last week, a very close friend of mine in his early 70s, I'm in my early 80s, and uh, he just lost his wife seven days, uh, a week ago. And uh, uh, so, you know, people I've, I've known, a lot of people I've known and worked with when I was in the, uh, in the work uh, part of my life uh, are gone. People I see you, callers. I'll bring you on in a second. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But it's just, it's just a, a sad thing to see uh, good people that had the uh, patriotism of uh, people before World War uh, two, uh, and, and the, there was a lot of good people in World War Two. I, I was yeah. born in, at the beginning of World War Two, so I, you know all my uncles were part of that, and now they're all yeah. gone. All my family members are gone. 
just about everybody. Uh, I've got cousins that I haven't even seen, and I'm hoping to see them uh, at a family reunion in upstate New York uh, in uh, July, at the end of July. But uh, it's uh, might be the last time I'll ever see them. How much longer can I expect? I, yeah, I do try yeah. To, you know, You're right. Trying to live well, right don't, look don't look at it that way. Don't look at it that way. Don't look at it that way. You could live another 25 years, you know? Well, I, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, go ahead and take some other calls, Joe. We don't want to yeah, yeah, let me I, connect I them through because I don't want them to wait too, yeah. too long. Uh, yeah. 330, yeah, go ahead. 330. Well, I can try to back. David Stanley here on the scene, Kristen Clean, big boy. Well, there you go. Your phone, your phone, man. Let's see. Talk. Let me see how your phone sounds tonight. Go ahead and go another call if you can hear me, Joe, because it's raining. I'm in a lightning storm. I'm just trying to get my Corvette covered okay, up before I get Okay, all right. Let's take the private car. Let's take a private caller. Go ahead, private caller. Greetings, Brother Warren, host of New Orleans Wake Up, one of the hottest shows on Block Talk Radio. Well, there he is, just self-promoting guy. All right. Yeah, how you doing there, Brother Warren? How you doing? I'm... I'm I'm hanging in there, just enjoying the conversation you guys have. Oh, that's good. That's good. So what do you think about the republic? I don't know if we ever talked about that. The republic of yesteryears, the republic of 10 years ago, these guys that got together and tried to restructure and restore America the way America was intended to be. Well, I'm, I'm always suspicious of those kind of people that have those type of endeavors. Okay. Because you think you're going to revert back to slavery, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which is understandable, I guess. I mean, I don't fault them on that. I mean, you know, if, when you start talking about live, reliving 200 years ago, you know, you go, you know, what was 200 years ago? Slavery. You know, so I can't fault them on right. that. All right. What do you think, uh, Mike? I know Mike's going at with you well, for a couple of times. No, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, well, um... And I see well, 810 next. Yeah, that's... Bottom lovely. line is we've all been enslaved right yeah, now. Yeah. Th- th- We're looking for a solution to get the hell out of it. Go ahead and but, say it again. You know, there you go. We've all been enslaved. Doesn't matter what your color is or anything anymore. We're all slaves now. So we're just looking for a solution. To that out. is oh, a fact. That is a fact. We are corporate. We are corporate servitude. We're corporate whores for the, for these people, you know. Because if you think about it, even when you go back to what we call the slaves of old, that's what they were. They were working for corporations, you know, taking yep. the fields. Right? It was all about it was all about commercialization and profit for the people that that owned them, which again wasn't yep. the average Joe White person. You know, they didn't own slaves. A lot of them were slaves themselves at the end of the day. All right, 810, 810, go ahead, you're on, you're on, live. Oh, hey, Joe, it's Gene. Hello. From Time Show, from last night. Anyways, um, I was just going to say what they're saying, you know, you just said that we're, we are enslaved. Everybody is enslaved. So, yeah. actually going back, going back to what our forefathers actually set up for the Constitution, and for our country, would actually free us. It would free everybody. It wouldn't free just white people or just black people or just, you know, whatever. It would free everybody. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, I think Brother Warren may disagree with you on that, but I don't know. I can't speak for him. I'm just going by opinions from based upon our previous conversations. What do you think, Brother Warren? No, I, I disagree with the lady. When the Civil Rights Movement uh, gave us the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, at that point, many people felt that they lost the country, that uh, that the rights of blacks took away the rights of whites. And so this thing about re-doing a republic the way it was intended was to roll back those Background games noise, that guys. Blacks background made noise. Right. Whoever's got background noise, please. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Brother Warren. Go ahead. No, so what I'm saying is this, this talk about take our country back all began when black people acquired their civil rights as a result of the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. So when people talk I about... He's, I think he's addressing the lady there. <laughs> Excuse me, he's addressing the lady yeah, there. So, Excuse me. Right, so when people talk about doing the republic the way it was meant to be, that's just coded language for let's do it over so these people who got their rights don't have these rights anymore because it takes away our rights. Okay. All right. Um, well, I think three, two, three. Uh, well, you want to respond? You want to respond? Go ahead. Yeah, I would disagree because um, the simple fact that I don't know I'm anybody today that would want slaves. You know, I mean, if they if they hire people to do, you know, whatever they want done, whether it be put a roof on or clean their house or whatever, and yeah. that's the the norm. So I I wouldn't yeah. say that people want to actually own slaves again. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I kind of got to agree with her on that, Brother Warren. I think 323 wants to get a piece of this conversation, so bring him on. 323, just watch your background noise, everybody. Go ahead, 323. Well, well, let, me, let me say this. Oh, I love that, Brother Warren. You want to respond? Go ahead. Yeah, Hang we're on, not Joe. just talking about, we're not just talking about enslavement, but the legal segregation that existed in not only the southern states, but the Midwestern states and the de facto segregation in the Northeastern states, that when black people challenged those laws, they were attacked and there no, was man. white anger, backlash. <laughs> okay. Again, I would can disagree. I, can I comment on the reason for that? that? <laughs> Hang on, let the female talk first. She was, she, they, they, yeah, let her, let her give a response. Then you can. And then Joe, because Joe's on the, the new caller. Go ahead. Then you, Mike. Go ahead, uh, ma'am. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dad. I'm going to go. Yes, I'm, I'm um, The reason I say that is because... Um, Turn the truck off when you're done. Right. Yeah, the most, the most racist people I know that I've ever met have actually been black people. Like, go ahead, John. White, most yeah. white people are not racist. Most white people We're going into do not come back with black people or Mexican people or We've got a Chinese lot of background people. noise. I know, I know. It's terrible. Terrible background noise. It's terrible. Go, uh, you know, there. I just eliminated one of them. I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, say what your your point again, because I wanted to hear what you had to say. Go ahead. God, you know, people can't understand. Um, you know, I mean, you know, geez. Go ahead, ma'am. I'm sorry. That's, that's good. Um, I was just saying, um, I don't think that the segregation would take place because unless the black people just chose to do it, which is actually already happening, when you have your black-only colleges and you have your uh, black-only 
um, college funds. You have your black only, you know, a lot of black only. Um, I don't know. I know, I know. I agree with that. I mean, that's, you know, you don't, don't, imagine for the white only. Oh, Lord. I didn't have the white only yet. You know, um, my kids have to fight harder as as, as white children to go to college. Or to do other things, you know. Um, Which I don't think there's nothing so, wrong with yeah, wanting I, to fight harder. I don't think there's nothing wrong with wanting no, to fight harder, you know. But there's no there's no handouts for them. There yeah. is because of the skin color. There is no yeah. white privilege. Um, yeah. There, it's just a matter that I think the segregation actually is from the black community. They are pushing for segregation, not the white community. So if the segregation did happen, it would be uh, because of the black community wanting it, in my opinion. I, I agree. Joe, Joe, you want to get answer real quick before Brother Warren gets to respond again? Go ahead. Yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of you since Monday. Your, um, your, oh. your private phone number doesn't answer. <laughs> well, I don't know what's okay. going on. We were talking there on the radio show there, and, and you just hung up on me or your phone died, one or the other. But <laughs> you like, Yeah, that's why I said to get into the green room. I, I didn't want to call you because I wasn't Charlotte. sure if that number was okay to call, Joe. I didn't want not to interrupt you, but no, I, I didn't know you, you, you were going to call. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I called called you, you after the show tonight. And I, called you, I called you using my other phone, and I got this prompt that um, – the person is not um, not ready or available to take messages at this time. No message, no nothing. So I mean, you know. But yeah, you can call me and we can talk. Okay, now to answer okay. Brother Warren, uh, we can talk after the show. As a matter of fact, if you want. Now to answer Brother Warren, ninety percent of uh, people on Block Talk Radio, the blacks on uh, Block Talk Radio, believe there's such a thing as systemic racism. I bet if I still had my show, and if you were on it in less than a half an hour lot less, I could prove that even you don't believe in systemic racism. But since I don't have my show, it would take a little bit more. It would take some grilling in order to get down to it. Um, but I could prove that. So that's all I wanted to say. Oh, in terms okay. of about, yeah, white, white people wanting to turn back and become MAGA in order to uh, get back to segregation uh, as the sole reason. No. Okay? No. That's not the reason. Okay, the reason is because America is failing as a nation. We have the New World Order. Blacks are not doing well. Uh, Poor whites are not doing well. And those who are rich, some who are legitimate, are doing well. And those who are not legitimate, who are psychopaths, are doing even better. So we all need to get back to a better America. And this thing always about, you know, I believe there is racism. I don't believe that there is systemic racism. So in a nutshell, that's all I have to say. Okay, Joe, if you, if you hang up, you won't be able to get back in, so stay as long as you want. But, uh, look, I say okay. I agree with you on that. There is, of course, there's always going to be people that are racist, that don't like somebody because of their skin color. Or, I don't like this guy because he's got blonde hair, and I don't like redheads. You know, there's always going to be those types of people out there. You're never going to cure it, never going to stop it. You know, there's another phone ringing now, you know. And this is somebody that's uh, this oh, is somebody yeah. who was While on the podcast answering... show, knowing that I'm on yeah. the on the radio show calling in. <laughs> well, how do they get a hold of you and I can't? But in any case, <laughs> while you're going to answer that phone, <laughs> while they're answering that, um, I can say we, um, I lost my whole point that, now. <laughs> yes. Oh, you were talking about how uh, you know about, of course, the racism, how you know it's really yeah. not as prevalent as as it once was. 
And so if you want to finish that, then I'll jump in after you. And, okay, I'll just jump in after you. All right. Look, bottom line is there's always going to be people that hate other people. You're never going to stop evil or hate. We can curb it. We can make it better. We can educate people better. We can try to make America a better place. There's never going to be a utopia, a heaven on earth here. There's always going to be problems. There's going to always be wars. There's always going to be poor people, but we can still work and strive to make it better. You know, there's not a problem. If we just put our own egotistical nonsense off to the side for a little while and open our eyes and maybe listen, then guess what? The world could be a better place. We can be. It can be. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. Now, again, I believe that there is racism. I believe that street-level racism that uh, whites, you know, look down on blacks in general. And blacks probably look down on Puerto Ricans or people from south of the border or Chinese in general. And Chinese look down upon everybody in general. What happened to blacks from slavery through Jim Crow is the most egregious thing that has ever happened in America outside of the destruction of the Indian, uh, Indian nations, then also the Civil War, okay? Three huge atrocities have happened in, in America outside of World War II, which we didn't happen on our soil except for Pearl Harbor. And that was okay. the destruction of the Indians, um, slavery, okay? So, yep. um, yeah, I admit that. But the kind of slavery, the kind of um, racism that existed back in the 1800s do not exist to the same degree as they did back then. And I defy yep. anybody to give me statistics that say uh, to say differently. Is the court system yep. somewhat rigged? You know, to put uh, blacks in jail when whites commit the same crime at an even greater level? I would have to say yes. But in housing and in job, uh, the job market and, and, and acceptance and uh, by, uh, by whites, I don't think so. I, I think blacks have had a huge opportunity today and for the last ever since, well, let's say the last 50, 60 years than ever before. And always yeah. the ones who are always complaining about racism never have a positive if you talk to blacks who have made it, they say they work 10, 12 hours a day, and you have to do that. But always the ones who are undereducated, uneducated, don't have a pot, are always talking about how whitey's keeping me down. I don't believe it. And I yield. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Brother Warren, you've been quiet there. you got the floor. Well, I always listen, and as people listen, I like as they get themselves caught into a hole. Now, whenever these conversations come up, one of the things I notice is a ability to revise history, that is to escape historical events. Now, the young lady talked about, she's referring to what are called HBCUs, Historically Black Colleges and Universities. The reason why you had historically black colleges and universities, because for such a long time, blacks were not allowed to go into white people's universities, number one. Number two, there is no policy, there is no law that prevents any white person from enrolling in the HBCU. In fact, I saw a video today of a, of a young white lady who talks about her experience at the HBCU. In fact, in West Virginia, there is a school that was an HBCU, Technically still is, but it's all, it's majority white students attend that in uh, Appalachian State, I think it is, in West Virginia. So just mentioning that decontextualized from history shows that 
when people have these discussions, they can be very dishonest. Legal segregation, laws that prevented blacks from moving into neighborhoods where white lives, from attending schools where white kids go, from uh, even hospitals. I was born in a hospital in New Orleans that traditionally was a black hospital, and black people had to have those things because the law said was for segregation. We had separate cemeteries, everything. Black people did not make those rules and laws. Black people fought to have those policies and rules change, and when they fought, the height of that fight was called the Civil Rights Movement. The white people resisted angrily the desegregation of schools. The white mothers, the white parents spat on the black kids. In Boston, they tried to turn the bus over through rocks, all types. And then the white parents who refused to participate in that type of hate, they were intimidated and run out of the community. So this is very well documented. My early years of my life, I lived through that in New Orleans, so I know about that. So to have a discussion and, and just dismiss all of that, and then as a white person, you all of a sudden become a victim of black races and all that, that's totally, that's totally laughable. Uh, until Jeannie comes back on the line I, to defend herself. Okay, okay go right ahead. Here. I was just going to say, I guess yes. you are, the way I see it is that you are saying that white people, everybody whatever, have not changed since the civil rights movement and that we still have those same views. And bingo, bingo. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, that's okay, the attitude that he's given. Yep. You're, you're, you're comparing apples to oranges, in my opinion. And during the civil rights movement, yes, I agree that all those actions by those people, um, you know, being um, uh, disrespectful and uh, mean and cruel, and et cetera, to the black people, that was wrong. It was just plain wrong. You know, um, so you're, but so what I'm hearing though is that we are the same as we, as you as it was in the '60s, and that is not that is false. So to to assume that if we went back to a constitutional America, follow the Constitution, that slavery would have incurred again, um, yeah, that's a false narrative. It's a very false narrative. Yeah. I, I... There are people. There are people. There are people. Let me make this point. There are people sure. who articulate this redoing the republic, who feel that any amendment after the tenth amendment should be removed. And in the fourteen and fifteen amendments, it specifically addressed enslavement and so on and so forth. But there are people in this movement of redoing the republic that think those amendments should be taken away. So, yes, black people, and I, I'm safe, and I'm, I'm sure I speak for the vast majority of black people in this country, when black people hear that type of talk, they hear a, a not-so-sophisticated way of saying we need to go back to the old days when we as white men were in charge fully and completely. Okay, well, that yeah, is, I, I believe, that. the minority, not the majority. No, he's right. The majority, I don't know about the majority either, Gene, but about, let's say, 50%, 45, 55. It's pretty close. 
Yeah, I mean, if you go, see, you don't go to a lot of uh, black shows on Beats I I have over the years, and that's the thing, too. You know, a whole bunch of black people, again, are no, comparing today's times with, um, with, yet, with last year's, you know, with the, with the yesteryear. I've already covered that on my little, in my little soliloquy, which only took about a minute, okay? The thing is, is that <laughs> today, all right, today, you, Brother Warren, can you? I don't. I don't want to take away the uh, the thunder from Joe, but I would like to grill you <laughs> about systemic racism. <laughs> yeah, okay. let, let me Joe, share with you with that. Let me share. Let me share you with you what that what that means. Systemic racism. What it means is when you look at systems and structures. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Let's go. Hang on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can answer. Go ahead. She got kind of stepped on there, but go ahead. Okay, what the, the term system. No, Warren, hang on. Let the female, let the female, let the female oh, respond okay. back to you. Yeah, please. Okay. Go ahead, ma'am. So what I meant by the minority, by the minority are wanting that, was I meant the minority wants those amendments removed. Not that the uh, minority of blacks feel that way. Okay, okay, got you. All right, she wanted to clear her point, make sure that everybody understood that, that which is fair, as I understand that. Go ahead now, Warren. And Dave okay, or anybody great. else wants to jump in, let me know. Okay, okay. The term systemic racism refers to various systems that make up American life. So let's look at certain systems. Financial economic system, that's one system. That's a very important system. So let's talk about home ownership, okay? It is very well documented in various studies. You can see this yourself. <sighs> That black people are denied loans for homes at a great, even with good credit, with excellent credit, are denied loans to, to purchase a home yeah, at like larger rates than yeah. white people. Okay, Warren, I would want, number two. Excuse me for interrupting. I would want to see that because you're the one making the claim. So if you're the one making the claim, you're the one that has to prove it. So you have to no, provide the No, 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 no. You're, you're free. But you see, you're free to disprove me. By seeking facts that counter what I'm saying, so like you, can, you also have the power in your have... hand as well. Okay. Yes, and let me I go can, to another point. But you're the one making let, the let claim. Me finish, but you're let me the finish. You're the one that the burden is let, on let me, you. Let me improve. finish. Okay. Let me finish economic and finance. It's system. more than just credit goes into qualifying for purchasing homes. Can I can I go? Can I finish? Can I finish my discussion on finance and economic system? Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Number number two. Appraisal of homes and property. There are many reports, even recently, that if a black person has a home, same model, same floor plan, as a, in the same neighborhood, when they come to that house and see it's a black family, the appraisal of that house is lower than the appraisal of the white house. You've had mixed-race couples where the appraiser would come in, and see a white guy with a black wife, they would appraise that property low. If they came in and it was just a white person, that same property would be appraised higher. Okay? So what, you, what we mean by systemic racism is that you still have attitudes built into these structures where the quality of black people's life are valued lower. That's in housing. That's in finance. That's in health, even in health care. There are studies that show that doctors, white doctors, 
have attitudes such as pain, that black patients could withstand pain more than a white patient, and therefore they don't give them painkillers and anesthesia. There are all type of things out there. They look at this stuff. Okay, nah, let me know when I can jump in, Joe. Yeah, let go me ahead, know when Joe. I can go jump ahead, in. Joe. Let me ask okay. you a question. Why, so why then if I take a test to be a firefighter paramedic and I score higher than everybody in the class and they're taking the test, do I get put back in the top six? Exactly. But you're going to say that that's white racism because uh, – if I got the job, I'm not. I'm not qualified more for it. If I study, you I know, test, you know, that, you, every one of you, every one of you on this phone know that many of your white buddies got jobs and don't know a damn thing. You all know that. All right, Joe. It's Joe's turn now. Go ahead, Joe. And I, and I know a lot more black guys that got jobs right. and don't know a damn it's thing. Too. I guess uh, every, every's name is Joe yeah. now. Joe. Joe's turn. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, everybody's name is Joe. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the thing is, is that it'll probably take me about a good 10 to 15 minutes to do it. I'm not going to take up everybody else's oh, time, especially no. since you're an overtime job. They'll be trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, um, uh, Brother Warren, when's your next show? I can go on your show and do it. Wait, wait, what? Go ahead, Warren. Wait, wait, I didn't hear when is, there was some noise. Yeah, when is, when is your next show? I'd like to go on your show and be able to have the question in the interrogatory fashion that I like to do. It's called grilling, so that you and I can actually get down to sure, a, sure. a half-an-hour discussion. We can arrange a day and time for that. That's no problem. Yeah, okay. but, I mean, it has to be done a certain way, because otherwise it's going to go all over the place. It's going to become you, 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 you you term. You can set the terms how you want to go, man. I'm not insecure. Notice I come into y'all forum okay. by myself. Okay. But who is he debating so about? Just, uh, who, Joe, who is he going to be taking I'll on? I'll be debating now, him. I'll be debating Warren. It's not even a debate. Oh, just, who's just the moderator? In an answer type of format. <laughs> yeah, you know? Who, and then who's those the moderator, Warren, I ask you a question, but if you take longer than 30 seconds to answer, I interrupt and then go on from there. Can you agree to those terms? I, I don't see what would be the need for those terms. Well, the need is because if I ask you a question and you start doing the Fauci tap dance, you can take five <laughs> minutes to answer something no, in which no, it only takes 30 seconds to all, answer. All so you don't, answers, want to, you don't want to agree to those terms? All, no answers, to que- all, all answers to questions, uh, you can't give just a terse response. You have to have a context, a proper context to give understanding. Well, I understand, and See, I can that, go that, there, that, that's but I'm you, not going to do like, it. Look, I'm like not going to do it like that this. way. It's kind of like this. You're in a math class, and the teacher wants you to show your work. How did you get to this solution? Show your work. We must, in discussing these issues, we must show our work. Yeah, but while people are showing their work, I'm getting two other grandchildren being born within the same century. I want to make sure that people are limited to their answers, which well, are that's relevant. Exag- well, that's, not, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Exa- well, it is an exaggeration, but it's not far off the beaten path. People do the tap, Fauci tap dance all the time. People with confirmation biases do not want to answer pointed, poignant questions because they know that they're I'm, I'm the not going to let you look, what they look. believe in. Look, and what they I'm believe not going to let you. Is not. Just. I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you drill me. 
Like your boy, that what's that out of Texas? He drilled. How do you drill the FBI? What's that senator out of Texas with the with the Spanish last You're name? Talking about Cruz. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna let you treat me. I'm, I'm not gonna let you be Ted Cruz and let me be the FBI agent. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the way hearing. it should be. At a Senate hearing. Okay. That's that's the way it should be. To get down yeah, to the nitty gritty. And They're I don't want you to be Fauci. <laughs> okay. So I'm finished. I mean, look, you don't want to. You don't want to do it. We don't have to do no, it. No, well, I don't, I don't think those terms. That, I don't think the terms okay. are fair. I don't. I don't, I don't think the terms are fair. What I find, no, what I find. No, what I find is when people don't want to hear an explanation, they're afraid of facts, and they're afraid the fact, the details of the discussion, gonna gonna knock them off the track. I lead to facts. My form of questioning leads to facts in a lot quicker fashion. Give me an example. Okay, let's do an example. Let's do it. Let's do a run through. Give me an example. Give me an example. Okay. Systemic racism to you. You're talking about. The economic um, conditions, the housing, the, um, the the legal conditions. Okay, now I'm going to mm-hmm. give you an example. Okay, let's say 10, 10 white people apply for a job. 10 mm-hmm. black people apply for the same job. Now, mm-hmm. if 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10 of the white people get accepted, how many people have to be accepted by the black people who go for the same job? Okay, how many people have to be accepted for there not to be systemic racism. Well, uh, well, well you see, the, the, but you see, the assumption you're making is that all the white guys are qualified and all the black guys not qualified. See, that's the... All right, that's all right. right. That's that's right. right. That's, 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 that's it for that. I mean, you guys shame and agree on the yeah, rules, so, you know, I mean... Right, <laughs> right. forget it then. Uh, yeah, you I mean, you know, it's not, not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah, all right, yeah, closing you're, thoughts. You're, closing you're, thoughts, you're everybody. already coming. See, the baggage, the baggage you bring in is that all the white guys are qualified. None of the black guys are qualified. So therefore, any black that, guy that gets a job, you take it from a white you. guy. You're the one. Giving all right, the all right, all right. All right. I don't want to turn this into a racist show. You know, where we're we're, just, yeah, we're okay. talking about race. We 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 were talking we're talking about government and the corruption of government that's enslaving us all. And we always turn this tide back to the race card. I mean, okay, you let, know, let, this let, white versus black. Let, let me inject. Let, let me interject in this. Here, here go here go the problem. Here go. That's a good observation you made. But here goes the big elephant in the room. Are you all ready for it? Yeah. Okay, the big elephant in the room of these discussions of corruption, government corruption, corporate enslavement, is the working class whites side with the corporate class against working class black people. So the idea is this. If government gives anything and if black people get some of it, we don't want it. No, that's totally so ridiculous. Oh, so my God. That's what the Republicans, okay. what the, Republicans yeah. the Republicans, the Republicans have represented oh, yeah, yeah. big business. And where the Republicans have been successful, where the Republicans have been successful since the Nixon era was to move working class whites to that agenda. Are you ever going to get out of World War II era? 
Oh, Lord. 810. All right, closing thoughts, everybody. We'll go down the line here. Closing thoughts here, everybody. And then I'll play at the end. I'll finish playing one more clip of this Republic because I think that's the one with the military. I'm not sure. It's only like five minutes long, but I want to wrap it up with that. And then the next show, we'll revisit this subject again where I can get more of a base on the uh, sovereign citizen movement and try to. Because I really want to pick this apart, this sovereign citizen movement. I want to know the facts. I want to know what the facts are. and, and and really, where is it heading? Is this the right way to go when we're attacking uh, lawfully the government, you know? Or is it just a joke, like the flat earth thing, you know? I mean, what's going on? You know, I want to know the truth. And that's what I'm out for, the truth. So closing thoughts. Three, two, three, you first. Okay. After the show, do you want to call me? Yeah, I bet it's best that you call me because I can't yes, get to you. Okay? I'll yes, sir. Don't forget my number. Stop there on the switch. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. All right, 810, go ahead. Well, Any my thoughts? My closing thoughts are similar to what you just said. It's like when we talk about the, the actual problems that our country faces, it always ends up being a race card. The race card gets played. Instead of looking Why at is that? all equal individuals. Uh, why? I... I I, I wish I had an answer for you. I don't know. Um, yeah. But the problem lies with the the powers that be. And there's people that always vote the same way they always vote, no matter what's going on, instead of researching the, the candidates to see who, you know, aligns better with their, their, their views. Um, yep. And they wonder why they keep getting the same things they always got. Because they can't vote the same way they always did. And it's proven in New York, Chicago. I mean, those areas in Southern California, they're constantly voting Pelosi and uh, Schumer's and uh, Sanders. And they wonder why things are getting worse and worse and worse. I know. So, yeah, you're right. So people wake up and actually start voting um, for our republic. You're not going to see anything better, anything change. And that's why, just to, not to cut you off, but that's why our, one of our shows coming up here on Tuesday, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., we are coming with solutions. I want everybody, and then that's what we talked about the other night, is where everybody's coming to the table with their solutions. No debating. We don't have to go over everything that's wrong with America. We know what's wrong. We know we're going to die. We know this, you know, whatever. We need to come up with solutions. What can we do to have solutions to work together on blog talk radio, on the streets, wherever we can work together? We can work together to fix this because talking about it is good, but we've got to start putting these words into action, you know? So, uh, 330, go ahead. Dave, you got the floor. Yep. Well, Warren just sat and said that he didn't want to be talked to like Ted Cruz talks to the FBI. Well, the problem with that right there is. The FBI is wrong. The FBI is behind probably 90% of the problem that's going on in this country where you have a group of people that one may not understand who they are being Zionists and the belief in Judaism with the pedophilia and everything else going on. But these people have to be addressed because what they've done is they've turned this into a race war because that's what they've done since the inception of time with their everywhere they've been. And for us to sit and say, 
systemic racism, this and, and this and that. Well, if a black guy doesn't get the job or the white guy gets the job, what's wrong with being in a room? Nobody knowing who's who. You take it to test. The most qualified person gets the job. There's no color, no race, creed, gender, anything involved. That's how it should be. Because I'll tell you what, I'm a white guy, and I got screwed out of that paramedic firefighter exam and scored number one in the entire 1,200 class, but had to take a back seat because there was minority status in front of me, military status that I couldn't have. But I didn't have a problem with anybody that tested higher than me taking that job. Because that means they knew All what right. they were doing. Okay, and I know you're against affirmative action. It happened to you. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. not against affirmative action. I'm just against I don't want to get in an airplane and have a guy fly that don't know how to fly just because he's black. I, I know. Mean, I know. Be, be reasonable. I mean, and it's not, this whole thing is not about black and white. We've got to understand this. It's about right and wrong, and it's about today. Not 50 years ago. We understand the past. We can't relive the past. It's done. But you have to learn from it. You can't go through or forward in the future if you don't know your past. And why everybody on the left wants to erase it is beyond me. Because it seems like that's exactly what they're trying to do to project their theory. And yeah. I yield. Yep. You're absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, who's got who's left here? Private caller? Well, Warren's left. Go ahead, Warren. You got the floor for a couple minutes. Go ahead. Yeah. One of the things, one of the greatest contributions I think Marxists and socialists bring to the discussion is what oh my called class class analysis. And I think I think what is missing from discussion in American history is classism. And when you look at how working class and poor whites have been abused by wealthy rich whites, but their attention have been diverted from looking at them on other people. So I do think Marxists slash socialists bring an honest discussion when he analyzed class distinctions. And let me give you an example. There was a time in this country where wealthy whites felt that poor whites shouldn't be allowed to procreate. So they started sterilizing the women in these places like in Virginia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Now, you would think that after having discovered this, that these working-class poor whites would become so angry at these wealthy whites that they declare war against them, but they did not. Their anger and frustration have always been vented out against black people and other non-white people who didn't do those things to them. The preoccupation, the, pre, the preoccupation with patriotism, constitution, republic, these are all little terms that I think many people hide behind they don't really understand that if you would have gone back and met the founding fathers, each one of you, they would have looked down on each one of you. You would have been considered a different class from them. They would not have believed you would have had the right to even vote for the president. That's why the electoral college came into being. So a deep state, the founding fathers were a deep state before the word deep state came out, could select the person to be president. So it's a lot of missing historical information in your what you think you understand about what's going on today. And I think it's very <laughs> unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. And let me say this and let me say this last thing here. I want That's you guys to look too. up I want you guys to look up Fred Hampton. 
Fred Hampton was the Black Panther Party leader in Chicago who was killed by the police. There are videos, there are videos showing Fred Hampton, huh? I wonder why. There are videos of Fred Hampton sitting down with poor whites in Chicago. Y'all need to see this. Y'all need to see this. They yeah, kind of like how the Black Panthers, hang on, all right, let me cut you off right there. Like, kind of like the Black Panthers, how they treated me the other night when they invited me on their podcast show, well, no, no, and they started insulting me. Those are not the original, original Black Panthers. Those and I came back and I said, you know what, you're acting like a boy, a little boy, you know, I was a white racist, neo-Nazi, you know. We're not the original founding fathers and all the shit that you keep talking about that we're just like. If you're going to say that they're not like that about the old Black Panthers, you're not like the old white founding fathers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Warren, that's the double standard you just did right there. Repeat that because I couldn't hear just some noise. Repeat that again. Probably, Joe, the show you went on was the new Black Panther Party. The people who who have lived from the original Black Panther Party they don't recognize New Black Panther Party as yeah, being... Yeah, those, those, uh, okay. yeah, those are not the original. Yeah, those are not the original. And that's a white problem. That's a white person's fault. Hang on, don't talk over everybody else. Come on. Go ahead, Warren. Go ahead, Warren. Go ahead. Your original Black Panther Party members work with white people. Okay, in, okay, in Chicago, okay. Fred Hampton, Fred Hampton, Fred Hampton was sitting down with the white gangs in Chicago. Y'all should see the video footage. Okay, okay, we'll take a look at it. I will take a look at it, okay? I promise, I will. But I don't want to hear yeah, it from was, you. There was, you tell me to look at it. there was a lot of white solidarity with the Black Panther Party. Okay, all right. Too. Uh, I don't know party. that, but one I'll look into that. One more party. Oh, you've got your own show. I know. One more point. My goodness. <laughs> Go ahead. One, one more point. Okay. One more right. point. Thank you. One of Martin Luther King's last projects he was working on was a poor people's campaign. He was in Appalachia talking to poor whites. He was talking to Native Americans. He was talking to migrant farm workers. But the elite powers did not want that to happen because they knew. Why can't you say that word? Why can't you say you or Zionist? Why is everybody scared to say it? Why is everybody scared to say who's who's behind all the same shit? All right, I don't want to get into an argument about the Jews. All right, I want to get into an argument about that. We're call no, I know, but I don't want to get in a debate with Brother Warren about it. You know, I don't well, want to do that. When people want to talk about it, they want to say the elite people, the elite. Call you, them you still have to provide to proof yourself, Mike. If you're going to say that the Zionists are the ones in charge of the world, you have to believe in something. You have to have evidence. Again, yeah. you yeah, have to you have evidence. Everybody it. has to if have you evidence. you believe in the Freemasons? Yes. I'd like you to talk about the Founding Fathers. I'm going to tell you what. Benjamin Franklin was one of the worst people, I think, and if you really got down into studying him. And, but Dave, 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 you were just talking about here and now. You're, now you're reverting back to the past. Yeah, but I'm saying you want to, everybody wants to keep talking about the Founding Fathers. Everybody's based on the Founding okay. I'm not based on the Founding Fathers. I don't support that. All right, guys. All right, guys. All right, guys. guys, guys. I know. I agree with you, Dave. I agree. I agree. I just don't want to turn it into a shouting contest at the end with everybody well, yelling over each other. You know, it just, everybody just starts yelling, and it just gives me a headache. Man, after you know, I mean, literally. Well, we gotta start. We have to start muting everybody, and just opening up the phone lines one by one. You know, I mean, cause it's just, there's no order. You can't address the problem if you don't call it out by its name. That's all there is to it. 
I agree. Well, no matter what I it agree. is, if it's anti-Semitism, if that's what they believe it's called, then that's what it is. And if it's racist, it's racist. Yes, but we if agree. it's a problem, it's the problem. I agree. You know, okay. one thing I've noticed here, one thing, can I do my closing thought? One thing I've noticed with all the podcast shows is that everyone is becoming repetitious. They're saying the same thing over and over and over and over. They'll try to make a point, and they'll go all the way around the block eight uh, times just yeah. to say that point. And it's an item. You know, come on, guys. Come on. We're trying to come up with solutions here. Can we get to the point and come up with good solutions? You know, stop the race cards crap, too. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't believe, believe there's going to be a race problem. I, I don't have a race problem. I'm an actor. Yeah, I know, but what we have a problem is right My major thing is that anybody, anybody who makes any kind of claim about any situation, any topic, any issue, should have evidence to back it up. Otherwise, why are they believing in their particular ideology? If you're not believing, if you are believing in what somebody read, have you researched what that person is, who that person is, what they're about, and where they got their information from? Let's do this, Joe. Joe. Guys, let's do this the Democratic way there or the Republic way or whatever. Let's do a vote here. All right. Who wants to – what do you want me to play here at the end? Let's see. You want me to play just something quick or you want to hear the Republic part? Uh, Joe, you get to know. Republic? Me, I'm always for something quick. I don't care. If it's fine. Okay. We want something quick. All right. We've been on for a while. and I I appreciate everybody hanging around. I do. I do. Uh, 810, you want something quick? Uh, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> She's easy going. I like that. All right. Uh, uh, Cave, what do you want? Something quick? Hey, make it, hey, make it something quick because Joe's waiting on you to call him. Yeah, you're right. Warren, something <laughs> quick, right? You're right, Cave. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> hey, you look out for you, huh? What the hell am I going to play here? Something quick, man. What am I going to play? Yeah, you guys want the George Carlin again? Why don't, you, nah. why don't you play... Why don't you play that funky music right I got something. Here you go. Listen to this. This guy's pretty wise. Come on, listen to this. I think at one time or another we've all questioned as to whether all that we see and and are experiencing in our world has some sort of a rational plan behind it. Because we understand now that both the Republican and the Democratic Party in our country are basically run by the same people. The same money finances both sides. We now know, of course, through the work of many historians who have spent their life working on research to show us that both sides of world conflicts have always been financed by the same people. And as I've said before, there seems to be a a method to the madness going on in the world. We know, of course, that we cannot depend on our leaders. Our leaders are misleaders. There is a science that they're following. They have their own agenda, and it doesn't include you. What your government pays for, it gets. If you are paid to do something for the government, they will extract from you exactly what they have paid for. When we understand that, then we look at universities and schools, government-financed institutions of education, and see the kind of students and the kind of education that's being turned out by these government finance schools, logic will tell you that if what is being turned out in those schools was not in accord with what the state and the federal government wanted, then it would change it. The bottom line is that the government is getting what they have ordered. They're getting what they have paid for. 
they do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. That is why our country and our world has become so proliferated with entertainments, mass media, game shows, television shows, amusement parks, drugs, alcohol, and every kind of entertainment that keep the human mind entertained so that you don't get in the way of important people by doing too much thinking. You had better wake up and understand that there are people who are guiding your life and you don't even know it. And all American citizens, I think, have suspected something like this is going on. But we're all too busy trying to stay alive and live our lives. And after all, what can one person do about it? This is the most powerful government the world has ever known. They have a, they had the ability to get a hold on Adolf Hitler 50 years ago. He had a standing army, the greatest navy, air force, military, secret underworld organizations operating throughout the world. But this government got a hold on Adolf Hitler because it chose to and it wanted to. And if you do not pay your income taxes, they will find you if you go to the Amazon jungle and they will make an example of you. They will find you and they will deal with you and you know it. But for some reason they're unable to get a handle on drugs and the crime in the streets for some reason. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. It is a big idea. A new world order. It was almost as if it were a planned implosion. It just pancaked. Either you are with us, or you are with the terrorists. But I also believe that a lot of gun owners would agree that AK-47s belong in the hands of soldiers, not in the hands of criminals.